Because I don't think we adjusted the camera. <laughs> I did. This list sucks. This list sucks. This list sucks. This list sucks. It sucks. Well, hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome back to This List Sucks. <laughs> hey, boys. Thanks hey. for joining us tonight. What's up, fellas? Good evening, gentlemen. We've got some very special guests tonight. We do, but I'm Mike. I'm JB. <laughs> and it's Friday night, so we're back with This List Sucks. And this is the week that we've literally been building up the to. The long-fabled quad pod, quadcast. S- yeah, it's both. What were you going to say? Seeming? I, well, it feels like we've been building up to this for, I mean, at least days. I was, yeah. Probably two weeks. At least a few years. <laughs> I'm ready to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> Lee came prepared to disappoint. Absolutely. Which he did um, previously. Yeah. Did you all catch the pre-stream on OnlyFans, uh, OnlyLee.com over there? It was such a sad wiener night. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Droopy. It was just nothing it was, was working out. It was yeah. so, so sad. Everybody has those nights, but I'm sure after the podcast, the, the post-show Only Lee stream is going to be a lot. A I lot always come exciting. back stronger. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Hot. <laughs> but yeah, Hot. for those for those who are in disbelief, this is indeed Lee Stamper of OnlyLee.com. It is. To my right. Welcome back, Lee Stamper. Thank you. Second appearance on the show. And alongside Lee Stamper, to my left, yep. is the one and only Sean Smith. Sean Smith, thanks for being Hi, here. Hi, everybody. Of the Lynchpin Barbershop in Shameless. Indianola, Iowa. Shameless yes. plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. I'm not, there. Af- I'm not afraid to do it. Yeah. I just got a haircut today. Did you? And it was glorious. It was a fun time. He massaged my scalp. Oh my god! And then, like, he started like rubbing (laughs) my shoulders, and then it just worked his way down. Before too long, like he was he was tweaking my nipples a little bit, and I thought that was weird. Gotta have nipple play. It's all part of the haircut experience, you know. His business is real. You can't. You got to keep going. That's what I like. If you go to great clips, they're a little too firm, you know, with the nipple. Well, I thought it was weird, and then he said, "Mike, don't worry." I'm the on-staff barber for OnlyLee.com. And okay. I thought, okay, this all makes sense to me now. Yeah. It adds up. <laughs> he mostly works with pubes. I'm going bo- I'm, I'm to be booking an appointment just as soon as I possibly can. So, <laughs> um, Sean, Sean, thanks for jumping into this. Sorry, Sean. Everything's going through my mind. What could I possibly be doing with Clippers on OnlyLee.com? <laughs> I can think of a few things. Yeah, you can think of them, but that's that's why I'm stuck here. Just yeah. thinking about all of it, I guess. Okay, so um, we're back. It's Friday. Listen, I do want. I've been thinking about this all week. If anybody actually listened to all two hours and forty some odd minutes of our show last week, we had quite a few, I believe. Man, may God have mercy on your soul. Yeah, and thank you. I mean, because that was a really long show. That was the longest. Yeah. Yeah. It was the longest. And there's a part of me that wants to say, I feel bad, but not really. Because, I mean, we spent a lot of time on the Pixies, and Riley was super passionate about that, and that was fun to have him on. But really in rainbows, and it's primarily because the three of us just basically got to shit all over you (laughs) and your complete (laughs) lack of love. It was not. That radio yeah, that is sad. that is a misrepresentation there of what happened. Go back and listen, judge for yourself. <laughs> These guys were bullying me. <laughs> there was like there was at least a little bit of cyber bullying that was happening. It was direct. It wasn't very cyber. But it was because <laughs> it didn't feel cyber. You were sitting right in front of me. You don't like Sultans of Swing either, so it's like too many times. Similar. Too many times. <laughs> That's understandable though. I can I can relate to that for sure. The more Thank you, play you. A but you don't song like in the rainbows. More, no, no, no. Oh, I'm saying the, the more swing. you play anything, 
it just loses its jazz. And I actually liked... It loses the magic. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I liked In Rainbows. It was just that one song that you guys were all fucking blowing loads over. (laughs) And I was like, not on that same... That is the weakest song, I think. Fuck yes, you. Thank you. That's that's, that's what bullshit. I said. I mean, I'm all for piling on JB, but it's guys, not that good. You guys fucking got together before we started this, and you're like, don't we worry, actually bro, didn't. I'm protect we you. Didn't no, we didn't. It. We're just both <laughs> equally. The weakest song? I think so. Where do you put that album within the... Uh, I, that's listen, my favorite I'm radio. I'm not fucking album. opening this can of worms. <laughs> I promise you, I'm not opening this can of worms. But So that's your favorite Radiohead that's album. That's my favorite one, yeah. But the weakest song on the album is Videotape? I think so. Jesus. I agree with that. Mm. I mean, it's definitely the most simplistic, but I thought, like, I love the lyrics on that. It was very impactful. It's for still me. great. Yeah. Yeah. But at when, any rate. When did you become a lyrics guy? Exactly. Yeah. Is that maybe Only like when it's convenient. You deserve this, Mike. We're all piling on you now. I know. I'm not. I'm still not. That's not what, listen, that's not what you sells me. You are more than you thought, I feel like. If I pay attention to them. If if I'm listen, if I'm diving into them with intention, yeah. then I'm gonna assign, then I'm gonna ascribe more meaning to them, right? Absolutely. But but without outside of the scope of this podcast, I'm not I'm not fucking reading lyrics on my phone, you know, whenever right. I'm listening to music, and that's yeah. where the music still trumps everything. For me. Apple Music will play the lyrics while you're listening, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it will. That is cool, but that has become a, a big part of this podcast. I think for I would imagine you guys like every album you do dive into even song you have to consider the lyrics yes we do we've been getting yeah we've been getting better at considering it but that was my thing was for me like if if the music doesn't grab me that much even good lyrics are not gonna like win me over you know what i mean like it's really hard and i I guess that's what i guess that's the difference between you and i because even if the music is really shit if there are lyrics that i can connect to or lyrics that i think are even remotely profound then i'm more willing to give a shitty song a nod and maybe that's what I've done with videotape. Maybe I've given just a subpar song a nod Quite because possible. I like that the has lyrics. to be it. And if you haven't, <laughs> <laughs> but if you haven't heard something too, it's almost impossible to listen to the music and the lyrics and process the lyrics, process the whole song all at once. Yeah, that's a good point. It's different sides of the same coin. Agreed. But I also think that that's why you and I have developed these habits of doing cold listens and potentially multiple cold listens before we sit down and yep. like really dive in because, because again, you know, I, I I'm kind of like you. I'm still gonna I'm still a song is still gonna stick in my mind before I sit down to take notes, and then whenever I sit down to take notes, and I'll go through the lyrics, and you know, sometimes like this week, I'm telling you right now, this week there's a song that I could listen to it. But then whenever I read the lyrics on it, I was like, fuck you. This song really blows. Freebird? No. No. <laughs> it's almost that bad. You're though. not that far off. Yeah. But no. Not his, his take is so almost that shitty. Tune. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Um, listen, though. We do need to do some announcements, right? So yes. first of all, it was a new music Friday today. And, it was. And Rex Todd has already texted me like since we've started the show. Um, Eric Church dropped one of... a. Uh, it seems like he might have fucking three new albums that really? he's getting ready to drop. Or thanks, for the, <clears throat> thanks for the warning, Rex. Yeah, exactly. I'll steer clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, skin, I scrolled right past it. Yeah. So Eric Church has a new album out today, and... Um, and uh, 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 
Greta Van Fleet. Thank you. Greta Van Fleet finally dropped their second LP today. Um, the Battle of the Gates of Crazy Elven Warrior <laughs> yeah. Hooved Klansmen, I think yeah. is the name. The of most it. Led Zeppelin-y title you could ever think of. Just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, imagine a Led Zeppelin title that never was, and that's probably the name of the album. Yeah. But I, I do like Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, I didn't get to dive into that new album, but all the singles they put out are solid. Our sure. studio audience claims that it's good. Yeah, it yeah. is good. At least one yeah. member of our studio audience has claimed that it's pretty good. They so put out like cool. almost half of it, right? They put out like three or four tunes. Yeah, there were three yeah. or four, I think. Yeah, they dropped a bunch. Yeah. People shit on that band, but like, if you like Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin's not making anything. I know. So right? <laughs> if you're going to hear It'll new Led Zeppelin, it's good. Yeah, yeah, so if you're into <laughs> Led Zeppelin, gonna it's going to be through Greta Van Fleet. But also, so. I think one of the earlier episodes you guys were doing this, and, and one of the first or second singles that came out, JB put it great, like, this is now with this material, they are finding their sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, not, yeah. they're no longer just sounding like, oh shit, these guys sound like like Zeppelin. Now it's totally taking it and making it their own and, and it's really good. I love it. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. I can't wait to dig in. That that was that first single. I can't remember what it was called, but it was it was really cool. It's like six Dude, minutes too. Yeah. I mean it ballsy for a single, the that, first single you released. The you intro, know? the whole yeah, that whole song was phenomenal for sure. Yeah, fantastic. Um so we did have after last week's debacle when mm-hmm. we did we did fire our production manager. Yeah, he has since oh. been rehired. Um, yeah, there he is. Yep. Hi, Jeff. Um, reduced pay. I hope. Yeah, reduced, <laughs> reduced pay, reduced benefits. It was we a whole give, negotiation. We process. give him at least three less shots of whiskey yeah. every week. <laughs> Although if he asks really nicely, we'll give it to him. I mean, we will because we're because we're like that. But. We did receive at least one application yeah. in response to that whole situation last week. So I did want to read that application off and, and you know, we can have some listeners weigh in and, and yeah. let us know their thoughts. Because let's be honest, this was a fucking strong applicant. Yeah, it really I mean, was. I'm not going to lie. As soon as this resume, if you could call it that, yeah. um, found its way onto my phone, I it was it was hard. Yeah. I do have a sentimental attachment, though, with yeah. Justin. And so that's... There's that. But, you know, this is a hard job. Like, Justin is... You know, he's pretty, uh, a lot of work piled on each week. Yeah. So I mean, he gets pretty drunk <clears throat> most <Yeah>. weeks. <laughs> but now so he's competing he with somebody who to. has a resume, though. Yeah, That's he didn't tough. have a resume. That's true. But anyways, <laughs> Mr. Shane Parker, who's a listener of the podcast. I'm excited. To he sent this. over. Yeah, he sent over. He said, please accept this as a formal resume and application for an interview. He's even willing to interview Jesus. to be the next production manager <laughs> That's of this list. Yeah. Sucks. That stand up guy right there. You should have Justin interview him. <laughs> That's what we're thinking. Yeah. Well, it says co production manager. Justin said he's willing to 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 yeah, keep Justin him as a said co. He's willing to share yeah. that flag. Yeah. So skills he has lifted left handed and plays guitar right handed. Nice. That's a good start. Yeah. yeah. He's a damn good cook. He's good at <laughs> yoga. That's true. He is. He's a yoga coach. He studied at University of Iowa. Studied podcast management. So what, yeah. what hand did he study with? Left-handed study. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. that makes uh, all the difference. Though. I agree. Yeah. What, hand, what hand does he play pool with? He didn't list that here, but that's going to be like one of the first few interviews. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Justin. That's will you make note? That should absolutely yeah. be an interview. That's a gaping question. hole in his resume. Yeah. For sure. yeah. How could you not, Shane? <laughs> Experience. He owns a record player. That's a good start. Loves music festivals. Nice. Justin said he was going to test that out at Hinterland this year. Solid. He owns a computer and nice headphones. Mm-hmm. And he's even listed his objectives to hang out while a podcast about shitty lists is recorded. <laughs> Pretty specific. Yeah. Check. Uh, Pretty specific. <laughs> Promote said podcast to the world. Good. That's beautiful. Source guest speakers. I like that. I yeah. like that too. Find other shitty lists to blow up. Fuck, man. 
Dude, it's pretty convincing. I, I mean, say. yeah, I got to say that too, Shane. You're you're a fucking strong candidate, and there's a part of me that I don't even know if. I mean, I guess we're gonna have to have Justin interview him, but Justin's gonna ask him questions about stuff that Justin doesn't do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So can, I don't know how that's really gonna work out. Can I, but in defense of Justin, I mean, let's do it. I guess. Fuck it. In defense of Justin, though, I mean, this guy's doing yoga. I know he's doing all this stuff like going to music festivals. Is he going to have time for you guys? Like Justin, <laughs> Justin doesn't have a whole lot going on. So he's, <laughs> he seems like a better fit. <laughs> that is true. So true. The big that is something I to think about after hearing all that is you made it a point to say that he owns a record player, but does he have any records? <laughs> <laughs> he did not address that. that is know, oddly... I feel like that would be the follow up. <laughs> yeah. I also have records for which to play on that record player. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I'm concerned Maybe about like that. a roundabout number of how many or yeah. something. I know he has a few actually. He, he had a, he did have a gift for you, Mike. Uh, we weren't sure. Did you actually buy rumors or not? This is borderline. It may be legal issue here, but it, uh, I mean, it could be, but actually, so I, I have since picked up rumors. That's what we, yeah. He had an OG Good. copy that he was, that he was just going to give you. Wow. Yeah. Fuck I, think, I, I think I do have two copies at home too. So yeah. Wow. So you're covered. Go. <laughs> uh, if you didn't hear that, Shane, production manager Justin Jantis says he can be bribed. He can be bribed. So he can be bribed. I think he's saying he doesn't and, have rumors. And for everybody that um, listened to me openly say two or three podcasts ago that I don't own rumors, and then I went out and spent $30 on it, and now all of a sudden everybody just has rumors <laughs> falling out of their fucking ass. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Like, thanks yeah. for fucking... Thanks for listening. Thanks for sending me a text and being like, bro, I got a couple of copies of those. I would have. Next time, just say you don't have a record. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, just say you don't have a record and just give it a couple weeks. It'll show it'll up. It'll fucking yeah. just magically appear. It'll magically appear. And then before we dive in, one other thing. We did forget to read uh, Linda Brundy's email that she sent us a Thank couple you. weeks ago Thank about you. a snub. So okay. she has another snub that we're going to be adding to our listener snub list. Absolutely. So I'm just going to read her whole email here because she sent a couple impassioned emails about Melissa Etheridge. This is email number two. Okay. <laughs> Hi guys. I just wanted to put in a plug for a Melissa Etheridge snub list snub episode. I sent you an email after a Britney Spears album made the sucky list because <laughs> Melissa is at least a hundred times better artist, singer and songwriter than Britney. I don't think Britney should have been on the list at all, but I also think that as one of rock music's greatest female icons, Melissa's album S in parentheses should be higher on the list than Britney was. JB suggested that I choose which album of Melissa's should be on the list. This was extremely difficult for me because there isn't a song or album of Melissa's that I don't like. I whittled it down to her self-titled and critically acclaimed debut album and her fourth album. Yes, I am. I just couldn't decide which one deserved to be on the list more. Then I had an epiphany. They both deserve to be on the list. I'm curious to know what you both think. Both albums, neither albums, or a different album of hers. Still loving the podcast, Linda Brundies. Thank you, Linda. So we're going to be adding that. Maybe we'll, do, maybe we'll cover them both You know, at some point. Maybe I we'll would, do a two-for episode or something. That would be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. Do a double bonus. Yep. Double bonus, nothing but Melissa Etheridge. But just be aware, Linda, it is being entered into the snub list file so we're covered boom and at some point in time and maybe for that bonus show we should ask linda if she wants to join us yeah that would be fun let, let me know that would only be fitting right mm-hmm. absolutely you know so i do want to get into this because again i'm like we really don't target target for everybody 90 minutes right that's a good 
Like That's 90, a good goal. 90 to 105 minutes, I think is doable for most people. What we did to everybody last week is just, it's borderline fucking a cruel and assault. unusual punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't it, cut your guys itself short because this is fun to listen to. I've gotten that from a lot of people that I've thrown this podcast on. Like, you guys make it fun enough. You guys are going to sell yourself short here. Well, well we appreciate you yeah, throwing that on. Thank yeah, you. we do. Yeah. But before we jump in, like this podcast is about music. We talk incessantly about are we going to get summer tour? Are we not going to get summer tour for fish nerds? Are we going to get fucking music festivals? Are we not going to get music in festivals? General. Yeah. You know what we are going to get? What's and that? I'm fucking super excited about it. On really calendar, you're going to fucking do me like this. On April, March, or April 24th, <laughs> Saturday, April 24th, at uh, Mickey's in Waukee, oh, we are going to get go to that. live music <laughs> from JD. That's true. Pale Blue Earth. Gig. Is it's actually be... not Pale Blue Earth. It's, uh, oh, it's another band. fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's another band that I'm playing with. They are, Which one is They're it? fun, though. Oh, well, it's, so it's a band. It's like a bunch of guys that we don't actually play together very often. In fact, we never rehearse. Okay. Never, never have. <laughs> Everything that I just said, completely disregarded. <clears throat> you basically... no, don't disregard it. <laughs> the band Still going to be there. The band is billed as Wombat Love Machine. <laughs> not not kidding. Yeah, that's real. But it's me and a couple other guys from is around it muscular? town. muscular? Copuscular. Yeah. <laughs> Machines. Yeah. Machine esque. But the good news is that, man, you're going to fucking play a gig. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's been a little while. And yeah. yeah. So, so if you're what, in the Des Moines area, come yeah, on. Yeah. So, what does, what does Wombat Love Machine. Is that what you said? That's what I said. Yeah, you okay, got so it. So what do you guys it's play? Infectious. Is it just a cover band? It's a covers. Yeah, nice. it's a bunch of like rock covers from, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s kind of stuff. It's Are fun. you going to throw a fish cover in there? Uh, we, no, we usually do. She's <laughs> like, no, not with these guys. We're, We're doing 69 love songs front to back for yeah, you. Yeah, we are doing that. We, we do usually play Roses Are Free, kind Too of the fish version soon. of it. Okay. But, but that's not a fish song, so. No. Yeah. But I'll take ween covers. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do some of that. I'll take ween covers. All the guys in that band, they do like fish, but, uh, we did, we haven't tackled any of those. Like I said, we've literally never rehearsed. It's all just, we show up and plug in and play, so. And they pay us for it for some reason. <laughs> um, you, you need a hype man. I know. You're not doing yeah. a good job. So this year, like, yeah, it's just you're throwing a wet blanket all over yeah. your own show. <laughs> I know. Either way, though, for real. I'm I'm live. In. Yeah, because live yeah, that is right awesome. coming back. Right so like, I'm I'm super excited. And it's I'm, a harbinger of things to come. Let's yeah, hope. absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have more of those just unceremoniously who gives a shit plugs yep. for all of the live music that you're going to be doing. I can up. only hope. Yeah, that would be great. I hope so, too. And also, if you need a haircut and you're around this area, fucking drive down to Indianola. Go see um, go see our boy, Sean. Get you your haircut get your down rocks at Lynchpin. Yeah. Go I mean, to if you need your, it, yeah. Or if you just need your nipples tweaked. I mean, I'm sure that if you pay Sean $20, he'll just tweak your nipples no, for no. you. Come on, Mike. Don't make it weird. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't need people lead. that that's only why. want nipple play. <laughs> that's why Justin Tully works there. He's that's, the, that's your nipple guy? Yeah, he's the nipple guy. Okay. Yeah. But seriously, go down and see... Uh, Tully and Sean at Lynchman Barbershop down in Indianola. And if you're in the neck of the woods for some ass play, <laughs> you're only a few keystrokes away with www.onlylee.com. And if you're in Phoenix, come see me. Ooh. Ooh. He's going to be live appearances. With the- I didn't realize you were doing <laughs> machine. 
stoop to that level. I got shows at the Motel Six lined up. <laughs> oh, he will leave a light on. For Come on, dude. <laughs> oh, at least go Wyndham, bro. Come on. Um, should we do this? Let's dive in. Three, eight, five. The first album this week from 1977, The Ramones. Rocket to Russia. Rolling Stone says the Ramones wrote their third album on tour as they took the gospel of three chords and ripped denim beyond New York's five boroughs. Rocket to Russia was also their first true studio triumph. An exuberant polished bottling of the CBGB stage napalm of Ramones and Leave Home. The razor slashing hooks bring out the top 40 classicism in Rockaway Beach and Sheena is a punk rocker. Plus the lonely boy poignancy of Joey Ramones vocals in I Don't Care and I Want to Be Well. JB, what did you think about this? You lead this off. I'm most curious about where you're going to go with this. Same. I fucking loved every minute of listening to this. Yes. Ah, every minute? Yeah. Every minute. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. The, the whole thing was fantastic, front to back. I listened to this one probably three or four times this week. It was the first one I listened to, um, not only because it was the first on the list, but because when I was looking through, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to put the Ramones on. You know? Were um, you familiar with it? So that's kind of, I wasn't super familiar with this particular album. I'm very familiar with the Ramones sound in general, but I guess I probably know, you know, more of their, more of their hits, I guess, you know, like the, like the Blitzkrieg bop that's and things it. like that, you know, yep. <clears throat> just the go-tos. So, I mean, it's, and it's that sound, you know, it's pretty much that same sound throughout. It's not like they were super, you know, wide ranging in terms of, of their, of their overall sound, but it's the Ramones and you love it. So yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Lee Stamper, what'd you think? I loved it. And I'm super glad that you did as well. Yeah. Were you worried I wasn't going to? Well, there are certain people, <laughs> certain people in this group that aren't super big fans of it. So, oh. uh, on an unrelated note, if you can just cut Sean's mic for the next like, oh, I didn't 15 know that. minutes or so, that would be cool. Interesting. Um, I've I've listened to this album like a hundred times, going back to like when I was younger. So this I'm one? super familiar this with this album. Yeah. Nice. yeah, like I'm really yeah i know this like the back of my hand like i listened to wow. it like a couple times just to refresh but like yeah. yeah yeah i love it so who in your like who in your life brought the ramones into it yeah, i can't believe it was your mom do that to you? <laughs> <laughs> i'm the one that got into it but to speak to that like this is a this is an album that my mom and i listen to a lot seriously it is the kind of like which this doesn't sound good but it is like the kind of punk rock that you can like listen to with your mom <laughs> <laughs> this I is mean, punk rock you could listen to with your mom <laughs> it sounds horrible when you say that but it she loved it too horrible i mean no listen to it and you'll definitely get that it doesn't sound very punk though like no i mean you know the I mean? music sounds super punk but the lyrics are not like pretty cookie cutter yeah i mean there's I don't the, want to say family friendly, but they're it's they pretty are. family friendly. It is yeah. kind of family. The friendly. The thing that's weird about it is like the instrumentals sound very punk, but the vocals are almost like '50s style, like pop songs or like doo wopish kind of like. Well, like, I was gonna say it's almost pop punk. It's yeah, like you know? a sock hop punk or something. Like I don't know. It's that doesn't that yeah. also doesn't sell it super well. But yeah. I love it. I I could totally see why you wouldn't be into it because it's not very complex. Yeah. If you don't like that sound, it's never going to change. So yeah. if you're not into that vibe. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> what do so you think, Sean? I say that yeah. because the way that you made that sound was like, I absolutely cannot stand this thing. Which, going into it, first spin, that's how I felt. That's how you felt. <laughs> so you had a preconceived notion that you didn't like the Ramones? I, I knew it. Because, yeah. I mean, like, like you said, the hits that they had put out, you know, that I had only been somewhat familiar with leading up to this. This is the first time I... Sp- spin through a whole Ramones album. Sure. Probably and, me too. Yeah. And, and 
their singles are staples. They're super popular songs. They are fun, but yeah. it just wasn't necessarily my style of what I would listen to in my free time. I get it. So when I got into this album, I kind of went in with that little bit of a visor on, like, all right, like, let's listen to this. And it, it's a super, super fun album for the first track. On my first spin. That's how I felt. That's how I felt, right? And then the rest kind of sounds the same, is what yeah, you're saying? It, it yeah, just, it all kind of bleeds together. And I actually wrote my notes for like the first track with Crete and Hop. It was like super fun. It's like got stuck in my head. Rockaway Beach, I'm like, the count when we talked about that yes. earlier. Yes, yes. Like come to find out that those were recorded after the fact because his mic was not hot. So when you go one, two, three, four, and then it lags for a second and then it comes in, <laughs> the it comes comes in, in. on tempo that's still just a little bit behind of what his count was brutal to me i, I didn't like, know that that was added in afterwards yeah i didn't either until i was talking to Mike Did you, about it wait a minute though when you listened to that you weren't like okay so they're kind of this up at all one two three four no it was definitely like out of time but i figured that was just their moans so you know they're not like right. super, yeah and so yeah. That, i was i was kind of talking about in text when i was like i can't figure out if these guys are like just shitty or if they're <laughs> they're doing this on purpose you know what i mean like this is a punk rock thing to do who gives a shit what the count sounds like you know what i mean yeah that's a good yeah and then come to find out like the guy's mic wasn't wasn't even hot yeah. and so they did it after the fact that kind of like let me down because i i tried to convince myself so much <laughs> that these guys are just they're very smart about what they're doing marketing almost like mm. who gives a shit what the like make, give it a punky attitude exactly T to that same exact kind of idea a lot of this stuff, this is going to get a little music music nerdy, but a lot of this stuff, like the instrumental sections are in like weird time signatures because it's like they do they do like a hit and then they do four beats of a chord and it ends up being in like 7-4 or 6-4 yeah. a lot of the time. Yep. And I'm like, I can't decide if they're intentionally doing that or if they just play a riff and then they only know how to count to four on the chord. So they're like, <laughs> yeah. one, exactly. two, three, four, <laughs> dun, 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 one. So it ends up being an odd timing, but I don't know if when it's on you, purpose or on accident. When you cut it down yeah. like that, yeah it, yeah, it goes to an extra timing. But yeah, when you span it out, it's still 4-4. Four, four. Like, yeah, the way that that works. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just tough. And then when uh, Here Today Gone Tomorrow, <laughs> when it was like, party's over. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's relatable but it was just brutal for me to listen to i felt like it wasn't really it was a breakup song and they i think they noted in the description like the vocal presence of that song was supposed to be you know pretty melodic and and, and a standout part of the album and I was like, again not my style of music so that's not the breakup song i'm gonna go jam sure and i like I'm in that point in life, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, but you're like, I'm going to put on the Ramones here today, gone tomorrow, yeah. just really soak it up. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. That, that I feel was, like this was kind of early in the album to have like a ballad song on a, on a Ramones record. And that's kind of why I wrote Party's Over, because it was like, it came out the gate hot with both of those first two tracks, and then it's like, is that that's the one that was like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. 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 Brutal, man. Musically, yeah. Musically, it was a lot more interesting, though. Then yeah. Cretan Hop and yeah. then Rockaway it, Beach. It was it was a step away from everything yeah. I thought I was going to get. Yeah. So I actually liked it. Yeah. And I was I like acoustic too. guitar on a punk record. What's I know. And then here? if you listen in the background, there was like there wasn't an, an electric that was mic'd up, but it had a ton of sustain on it and it was just really quiet in the mix. And I liked yeah. that a lot. Like yeah. the balance between the acoustic and that electric, it was it was really good. Like that thirty grand production budget paid <laughs> off. <laughs> Yeah, they did have a big production budget for this. I remember yeah. reading about that too. Which we had mentioned that too. It's like you you spend twenty five to thirty thousand dollars on production, or you get allotted that. I suppose I don't mm -hmm. know if they spent that much, but going back to the first two records before this, it wasn't 
that much different. I feel like the first yeah. two albums had really good mixes overall. If they would have just turned the guitar up in the mix a little bit, it would have been just just fine for them, I think. You got a lot more low end with the bass and the drums on the first two albums. And this, I don't know, the mix didn't really do it for me, especially when you see that they had that big of a budget. Yeah. For me anyway. Because it kind of worked before. Yeah, you know, I kind of agree with you. It's like, what did your 30000 really buy you there? Yeah. Which is a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought I could have used some harmonica. Uh, I think that would have really added to <laughs> I loved this record, dude. The first yeah, harmonica joke it. of the night, I'm sure there will be plenty. Oh, there's more. Yeah. yeah, what was your take, Mike? It wasn't I, a joke, overall, by the way. I, I, Are you familiar with it? No, 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 I was not familiar at all. And in fact, I, um, my familiarity with the Ramones in general is so um, next to nil. But And, and we've talked about this before. Um, Blondie is what kind of made me start to dive into the Ramones and just the idea that Blondie and the Ramones were all hanging out together and that they were making music together. It, I couldn't make rational sense of it within my mind. And so that's what forced me to basically jump into the Ramones and thinking about them and Blondie performing at the same night in the same room <clears throat> to the same crowd. Um, it really intrigued me to kind of try to understand the why behind it. And after I listened to the first Ramones album, I thought to myself, I don't need to understand the why because it's just fun. Yeah. Like really, really fucking fun. And, and that's what, and this album worked for me on that level. And it worked for me both lyrically and musically because musically it's super simple. Um, but it's so much fun. And I have to say, to me, in my mind, if you're only going to listen to one track on this entire album, go listen to We're a Happy Family. I oh, love it so much. That, it's my we're favorite. a happy family. Songs, we're a happy. Oh, that fucking song smashes so hard. That it's song so and the one right before it were probably my favorites. And she yeah, is, she is, is a, a punk, punk rocker. rocker. That was fantastic. It's great. It's great. This, you know, I think you were the one that said, you know, kind of like that, that doo-wop or surf rock or whatnot. It really seems like these guys were heavily influenced by Buddy Holly. Right? Yeah, but they were like, I mean, Buddy Holly's cool, but fuck that. Like, we can make music like that that's just way more aggressive and way cooler. Yeah, yeah maybe Beach Boys too, I a was, little bit. Tell you the truth, I yeah. said that this morning. Yeah, that's I what was like. I had a, a real like strong Beach Boys vibe off of that. Yeah. Well, that that Do You Want to Dance song, the Beach oh, Boys absolutely. played that one as well. Did they? Yeah, that that was on one of the records that Mike and I covered on the oh, podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, because that was an R. Yeah, because that's an it's an R and B song. Like originally from 1958. It's a Bobby Freeman tune. I, I thought it was a Beach Boys song. Like when they started playing it, I was like, what the fuck? They're covering Beach Boys? And I looked into it and it wasn't. But uh, yeah, but I think there were more than one tune on this that kind of sounded Beach Boysy, you know? Very okay. much I so. I and I think the, the, sorry, go ahead. I think the thing that's important too about them is that, um, like I, when I said earlier about like this is punk rock you can like listen to with your mom, mm -hmm. it's like the Sex Pistols weren't going to bring punk rock full mainstream you're not going to get like a hardcore punk band to like make a movement you need something that's going to be popular and i think that like what the ramones likely did is provide a lot of contracts to future punk bands and stuff because i think they made them more commercially interesting and acceptable for labels and stuff mm -hmm. yeah like i think their contribution to punk is maybe even greater than the quality of their music you know and yeah. incalculable yeah, I, for sure i agree i yeah. mean Everybody knows the Ramones, like you said. Whether you're in a man, that logo is iconic. Like people that don't even listen to the band wear the Ramones shirts. Oh yeah, that president, uh, the presidential seal yeah. logo. It's probably yeah. the number one shirt sold at Target or yeah. Walmart and Hot Topic too. Yeah, and Hot Topic. Yep. Yeah. But uh, 
Speaking of uh, the family-friendly lyrics, before I listened on headphones, I was listening to the song Ramona, and I was like 100% sure that they were saying, little Ramona, she's always trying to come over. I think I'll try to bone her. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. And then I was telling Mike that too. Like I thought that it was going to be a little more edgy. And then you go look at the lyrics and it's, was it a letdown? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's not, I mean, it's punk rock still, but yeah. They're gentlemen. It's very family friendly. Try to phone her. It sounds like a Beach Boy. But back to Lee's token, also, like I, I feel like they did set up so many contracts for other punk bands, but with this album, when it sold, it didn't do the greatest, and they were like pushing that off onto the Sex Pistols. Like they tried to blame them for taking punk rock and making it punk. I feel like like too punk. They dirtied up the image. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like. I don't know. I kind of agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I feel like that's why that's why the Sex Pistols became what they were because there was a market for that other side of punk music, you know? Yeah. And then that's true. And I think the Clash were doing the most like musically interesting yeah. stuff with yeah. and they were the first ones that I'm aware or them in the specials where they were mixing reggae and punk too. So there yeah, was a like lot going on. In, there was a lot going on in punk, but I think yeah. their contribution is definitely significant. What do you um I mean, and again, not to not to sell this short or anything, but you know, keeping keeping within the idea of keeping this thing at a reasonable time frame. What do you think about the placement of it? Like, I mean, do you like it? Do you want it on the list? Do you not want it on the list? I want it on the list for sure. Okay, and I could probably see it going up. I'd be interested to see what what other Ramones are on there. The self titled album has got to be pretty high, right? I mean, top two hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The subtitle is definitely going to be on. So yeah. I think this is good placement. For I think this, this is pretty good. I wouldn't be pissed if it was 50 up from here, to tell you the truth. If it was between, you know, like three, 330 and 350, I'd be yeah. cool with that. When they when they first put this list out in 2012, it was at 106. This one? This yeah. one? This album. Holy shit. Wow. wow. Was that 2012 or 2003? Because there's been or, two versions. Was there two? In 2012, well, there was the 2003. In 2012, and then they it was 106. It. it was 106. And then it's 385 now. Fuck. Yeah. 2012 was like a revision of the 2003 list. I don't right. think 2012 was a full but new how list. How much of a revision? Yeah, so I, I didn't go back to look in 2003, so I'm, I'm not positive. About 106 that. is fucking crazy. High, but right? if it was... If yeah, it was that's on that high. in the 2012, I guarantee it had to be on the 2003 too. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely wouldn't put this like top 200. It's no. fun to listen to, but like there's, that's too many, there's too many but things you're snubbing. Yeah, I feel like snubbing. that's about it. It's just fun to listen to. Yeah. And so when I went into it, to come back to that, I, I was texting you like, this is a turd of an album. <laughs> but then the more I listen to it, 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 take it for what it is. It's a fun, it's a fun album. It is absolutely. And to Sean's credit, he did say that he listened to some live Ramones and that he kind of got the whole vibe and the energy of oh, it and, and Mike and I touched on that this morning when we talked about it. I feel like, you know, you only underse- understand, right, to your, your perception, right? So trying to, to envision myself being in 77, like, would I be at a Ramon show? Like, I can't answer that necessarily. Yeah. But going back and listening to the live stuff, like, dude, a dark, dirty venue, I could totally see myself kicking some back and being at a Ramon show. That would be fun. For as sure. Well. And I'd be listening to, like, you know, Bad Company on the way there, you know? Getting, <laughs> yeah. Because that's kind of how it is now anyhow. You just listen to everything. But that was my biggest gripe of this, was the shit that came out in 77. I couldn't convince myself that this was going to be what I'd be into. Yeah. I get that. I don't hate the placement of it. I don't know that I would necessarily move it up. And if it... Um, Terrapin Station I'm, came out in 77. Did it really? Jesus. There's right? a lot of. A That's lot literally of your number one album of all time. Number one song. 
Yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah. But yeah. Jefferson I mean, Airplane similar. put out, was it Flight? Yeah. Flight Log. Pink mm. Floyd put out Animals. Yeah. Rumors that's true. came out Fuck, in 77. Dude. Yeah. And Animals isn't even on this Exodus fucking list. came out in 77. Foreigner put out their self titled. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be listening to this either. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> it'd, be t- it'd be hard. It'd be hard. For I definitely me, wouldn't be listening to Rumors. Yeah, I know because uh, I don't like know, I probably would. <laughs> but um, but to me, this album is probably somewhere around 400. So I think it's this, in the neck of the woods. This was for also me. the second album that the Rollins put out in 77. The second album that they put out came out in like February of 77. This came out in November. And that came out in November. So do we? They're fucking busy. They recorded it in three months. So are we all keeping this on the list then? It sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. I'll keep it on the list. Yeah, I'm okay with it being on the list because I do think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun and there's a lot of. It definitely deserves it. I mean, semi-iconic songs on here, right? I would love a vinyl if I could find one, too. I would, too. I looked I on Discogs a little bit. That. They were around, like, 100 bucks. So, so you could get, like, l- shittier copies for, like, 75, 50 bucks. Jesus. Yeah. That's a lot, though. I'll fucking wait for a reissue. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Any day now. Move on? Yeah. 384. The Kinks. The name of the album is The Kinks Are the Village Green Preservation Society. That's a mouthful. 1969, while the while their British invasion peers, the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, were getting psychedelic. Those were some hefty peers. That's why I laughed mm-hmm. a little bit there. We're getting psychedelic. Roy Davies took his band for a pastoral retreat with witty portraits of quaint English small-town life fading away like Big Sky. Nobody bought it. But Village Green went on to become one of the Kinks. Wow, one of the Kinks' most influential statements. With "You really got me," and all day and all of the night, we were saying, "We're here. We're gonna grab you." Davies told Rolling Stone, "The music on Village Green says, come find us.'" Mm. Fucking spoiler, um, I couldn't find him. You wouldn't have found him. No. Yeah. I still yeah, have. Yeah. And uh, you know, we kind of we we kind of agreed the last time we talked about the Kinks. We, we we said very similar thoughts on that one, and I think I have a feeling tonight's just going to be kind of a recap of that because <laughs> yeah. really, was the, this was are the you one. there too? Yeah, I mean, I think I liked this one a little bit more than the last one. Which yeah, I did. the last one Same. was either right before this or right after. I can't remember. These were these were simultaneous or not simultaneous. Remember. You know what I mean? They were really really close yeah. together. I I want to say the other one was in the low. But I mean, when so they were released, like they released these albums one kind after the other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, were they really? Yeah. The, the one that was on there before. And then this one, th- they were, it Jesus. was called Something New from the Kinks is what that one was yes. called. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the first one that we heard. And uh. I feel pretty similarly about it. I want to say there were a couple tunes on the first half that I actually really kind of liked. And I was pretty hopeful. Um do you remember Walter? I think that was a pretty decent tune. And but actually, my favorite song—I had a couple favorite songs off it. Uh, Picture book was the third song. Sounds exactly like Green Day. Warning, like dun 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 dun. It's exactly the same thing, like note for note almost until the last beat of the measure. I'm pretty certain that was one of like the singles off this album, wasn't it? I think yes. so. Yeah. The, yep. But that song kind of reminded me of of Cream a little bit. Picture book, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, and then it was Beatles for me. Beatles, yeah, that's that's the, whole, the thing. Yeah, the whole album has this weird like Beatles undertone. You know what I mean? Especially Big time for what was happening at that time. Yeah, that's lo- what psychedelic music was then, though. Like that. Fuck that. Was it was just the Beatles? That's a that's a shitty excuse. Yeah, it was. That's oh, that was, was the whole thing. That was the vibe. That was. I mean, 
that's kind of what I wrote in the, the very first song, which was the, the, the name of the album. I was like, definitely is like catchy melody, good harmonies, but for some reason it just feels like a Beatles knockoff to me. I felt yeah. the whole album felt that way. The I whole was, album. I was talking about that, like the whole album feels like if the Beatles were to try to cover other genres. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I got through the whole thing. See, and to me, this felt like a fucking sad ripoff of the Beatles. Like a band that had listened to the Beatles a ton and they thought, man, this music is really good. Let's record music just like this. I feel like everybody felt that way based off the sales of this album. Like they flopped. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But, but you can't, I mean, you can't compare everything to the Beatles. I mean, well, you can when it sounds exactly like them. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe we should, though. Maybe, <laughs> I, I can't I mean, thank you. maybe we should just compare I will everything say to the Beatles. The, eh, you know what's good, but the Beatles are better. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Sean. The one thing, the one thing they're missing that the Beatles had for sure was a good producer. Like if they had a George Martin type, like the sound on this to me was pretty bad. Other than the drums, I didn't feel like it was very well produced at all. Like I think they could have done much. I think they could have done a, put together a lot better of an effort with a better producer. I disagree. I mean, I. You could definitely put back or put forth more effort with a better producer, but I think this thing was mixed really well. You do really? I do. I didn't think it was terrible. I hate from it. a production standpoint. Interesting. Like with Picture Book, actually, like when you listen to the drums on that record, they actually remove the snare. Like they use a snare drum, but the snares actually open or close rather. No, open. They don't even take the snare on the drum. And Weird. then they had a twelve string in the background that it's. I think it's mixed perfect. Like you can tell that it's a twelve string, yeah. but it's not overpowered in your face. It didn't necessarily stick out to me either way, so whatever that says. Yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, it, it definitely fits the time frame. I feel like there were the parts of this there. Yeah, there were parts of this that I wrote down, like under Johnny Thunder. To me, it sounded like early Floyd, like some Sid Barrett, Pink Floyd. You yeah. know, and well, that's, that's the thing. That's what Pink Floyd was doing too. Like Piper at the Gates of Dawn has that same sound, that similar psychedelic sound of the Beatles, and it's garbage compared to the Beatles. Like you can't really play that game. I feel like. listen i understand what you're saying yeah but there are tracks on this album that feel to me like even down to the instrumentation on the track like it's identical instrumentation to what you're getting on on a beatles track and that's the part that's annoying to me because sound is one thing and I, and I get what you're saying, right? It's this era and so many bands were kind of chasing that same thing because everybody was living in the same time and they were all going after that same goal. I get that. But fuck that. Like, like not when you're getting to the point where it's like... You're blatantly playing something that sounds like another album. Yeah. And especially when you're using identical instrumentation in a way that's nearly identical to something better. And... And here's the other thing. I'm not I'm not faulting them for doing that, right? They were all living in the same time. They were all living in the same location, right? These are both British bands, you know. You're just saying the execution I what I wasn't I'm, there. Yeah. Because you could, you could have re- you could have recorded this album without doing the same guitar tones, you know what I mean, using the same type of amps. It all does sound super similar. But right? if it yeah. but if it all sounds the same to me and I'm going to sit down and listen to something gonna make you want to listen to um yeah and that's what this album made me did right like this album made me think of oh man i should go and listen to sergeant peppers that's kind of peppers is really good and that was kind of the (laughs) same conversation that we had last time which is like exactly the word for word the same thoughts i had this time was like almost every song here there's a band that i can say it sounds like whether it's the beatles or whether it's cream or whether it's Mm -hmm. something and whatever that band is 
I like their ber- their version of it better. Yeah, you better. know, with uh, last of the steam powered trains, we talked about that a little bit Jesus. too. It sounds like the Beatles oh, are covering. What did you? I, I, I want to ask them because oh, yeah, we've, yeah. we've hashed this out. Did you guys make any notes on that song specifically? Yeah. Last of the steam powered engine, or what is it? Last of the steam powered trains. So I, already, actually, I already heard you guys talking about it. So yeah, so you can up. you can recuse yourself. I didn't have a Beatles tune that I wrote down, but I wrote down that it sounds like smokestack lightning. That, that song, I think it's Howlin' Wolf or something. Fucking That's, hey, that dude, is powerful. I applaud you I because well done, when I dude. first That's listened amazing. to it, I'm like. That sounds like the Beatles are covering CCR. Yes. I thought Credence. Okay. And like when you hear that guitar come in, it's like, oh, Susie Q. Like it's all there. But that's because they both ripped off fucking Helen Wolf. (laughs) They both ripped off Helen Wolf. Yeah, Smokestack Lightning is is where that all originates from. Yeah, you smashed it. Props on that. Yeah, Because our brains were in the same place. Yeah, it was like CCR. You You said said, Susie Q, I thought Run Through the Jungle. Which which start off very similar. similar. And those are both kind of like ripoffs of Smokestack Lightning. Smokestack Lightning. Yeah, so well done, dude. Yeah, that's what I wrote down on that one. One of the big standout things, sorry, with this album, when... I first listened to it. I didn't look into it. It was one of those cold listens. And I, I got this overwhelming sense of, of sarcasm through all the lyrics. Yeah. And that's just how I took it anyhow. But then once I actually dive into the lyrics and read them and learn a little bit more about the album, kind of let me down that it wasn't sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> like with the, do you remember Walter coming back to that? I love the fact that if, if, that song itself, when you listen to it, it can be kind of perceived different ways. You know what I mean? Like it can either be sarcastic and kind of like, yeah, I bet you're fat and married now. Like, you know, you're <laughs> kind of taking a jab. But at the same time, it's got a very endearing feel to it if you look at it as like a reminiscent kind of song that's talking about an old friend. Yeah. And I loved that about a lot of these songs that they they have different kind of vibes. It's very subjective to how you want to hear it. And I like that. I was really receptive to that. That's cool. I, that's what I want in music anyway. Yeah. Like whether it means the same thing to me that it does you. That's one of the best things about it. That's yeah, the, just my favorite subjectiveness thing. of it. And people and get it, different things from I it. I saw a quote about that song exactly. And it said, it finds the universal in the specific. Ooh. Mm. And that's, that's juicy. Nails it, man. And I love that yeah, I like about that music. Too. Like that's the beauty of it. I, I agree. Yeah. And Big Sky is another one. Like, thank you, sir. You can somewhat get a, it's a very vague, written, vaguely written song to where, is this about God? Mm-hmm. Or is this what he claims to be just standing on the balcony at a hotel, you know, looking down at all the little people. But can it's I, a good way to kind of defer that religious stance at that time. I'd be interested to know what you two think um, compared to the previous Kinks album. So yeah, while you were gone, um, oh, I th- I'm sorry. We said I do think I like this one a little bit more. Okay, you know, but largely I have the same thoughts. But there were just a couple tunes on this that I liked a little bit more, like pit, like Picture Book and Animal Farm stuck out to me enough that that I like it a little bit more. I agree that I, I like this one a lot more. Yeah, I think yeah. I would take the previous one off the list now, knowing <clears throat> that this one is on the list. I don't think the Kinks need to be like overly represented with like four albums or whatever it's going to end up being. Well, but they're so different too from that earlier stuff to this album. Yeah, you know this is I mean? just a lot better to me. It might, to me, it's very, it's like significantly better. But. The word overrepresentation sticks out because I because there's a part of me with so much that's been left off that we've already covered in terms of just the you know the handful of snub albums that we've done and the stuff that we haven't done yet. I've 
Listen, I'm I'm I want to celebrate Ray Davies. Like I want him to be on this list because I really do think he's a really really supremely talented songwriter. But fucking like honestly, for me, I'm gonna replace the first one, which was 478. By the way, like I dug back and I looked up something else by the Kinks comes in at 478. I'm actually going to put this one at 478. And kick that one off. Yeah, and kick that one off. So there, there has to That's be fair. another one on here, though, right? There has to be. There has to be. You really got me. Yeah, I bet there's two more. We haven't heard Lola. We haven't heard You Really Got Me. Um, you probably like the Raincoats version of Lola better, huh? I fucking loved that Raincoats version. That was fantastic, version. yeah. Ah, damn it. I, I just personally. Was so good. I personally can't stomach the idea that there's like, there's no Tool albums. There's two Frank Zappa albums. But there's going to be like three or four Kinks albums. Yeah. Fuck that all that shit. I agree with you. But that's yeah. why this list sucks. Oh, shameless plug. Thank you. Turn <laughs> it back around. Anchor <laughs> FM. Love you. Know, you. Oh, yeah, hey, thank thanks, Sean. Thank yeah, you, Sean. He's, he's totally right. Hit us up at anchor.fm forward slash this list sucks. <laughs> I barely am getting that right still. 30 fucking episodes in. Anchor.fm. I need to write it down on my hand each I week know, or something right? like that. Yeah, somebody but, besides uh, me needs to start leaving voicemails. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Please. But Lee, please keep sending those in too. But other people should go on there and send us voice messages. It's mm-hmm. super easy. You can do it from your phone. Go yeah. on the anchor.fm forward slash this list sucks. Send us a voice message. We'll play it on the podcast unless it's racist. Yeah. We uh, won't play racist <laughs> shit. Yeah, they've, they've cut like seven of my voicemails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can also send us an email to thislistsucks at gmail.com or you can interact with us on social. Um, look us up on Facebook. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Should we send do Rex's stuff. thoughts before we move on? Yes, yes, please. Yeah, because we've already missed a couple. So why yeah. don't you go? I got it. Okay, go yeah. for it. Okay, so let's, let's first read Rex's thoughts on Ramon's Rock to Russia. Thank you. Rex says, love it. The simple chords and beats hit hard on this album. It's simplistic and beautiful in that reason alone. That's all I'm going to type about this because I'm just going to listen again to this beautiful gem. R.I.P. Ramones. Yeah. And then about the kinks, he says, catchy bubblegum, 60s pop. It's fun. Grabs a hold of your ears. The later you get in the album, it gets a little trippier. I kind of like this album. It's easy to listen to. You can see when they started experimenting with their music. So he's pretty lukewarm on it, sort of, from that description, I would say. I, I think that's be, appropriate, though. Yeah. yeah, I would be curious, Rex, next week, whenever you send us your thoughts, what are you going to do with, um, like, do you agree with the notion of let's replace 478's Something Else by the, by the Kings with this album by the Kings and keep it on the list, but just call it call it good with that? I'm, I'm really curious to, what, to see what Rex thinks about that. Yeah, I agree. So, with well, that being said. Moving on. 383. 383. 1998, Massive Attack's album, Mezzanine. Rolling Stone says, The Bristol, England collective that invented trip-hop, Daddy G, Mushroom, and 3D got even heavier on Mezzanine. They turned the Cocteau twins Elizabeth Fraser into a soul diva in Teardrop, and Angel is a six-minute ride into the abyss with the legendary reggae singer Horace Andy wailing over levy-busting drums, cinematic strings, and blasts of guitar. Quote, we like reclaiming the guitar, end quote, Daddy G told Rolling Stone. People say black music shouldn't have heavy guitar, but who invented all that heavy shit? Jimi Hendrix. That's true. End quote. What'd you guys think about Massive Attack? It was fucking different, right? Yeah. It's very different. I mean, this is the first kind of deep dive into... Like an electronic band, super like real, real electronic. But yeah, it's 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 brooding. 
You know what I mean? It's got it's, that. It's very it's dark. Fucking yeah. dark. Yeah. I think I wrote down that. Yeah, on the very first track, I wrote "Dark and Brooding" on Angel. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. I wrote that, that the the, uh, the um, he didn't write anything. He didn't write shit. <laughs> <laughs> You want oh, to see he wrote it down on his phone. Oh, oh, he did do it. oh there he goes. He's so young, he's digital. Damn. He started off You're strong. Hip. He thought he was going to just hip. go ahead without looking. Hey, I know he is. Didn't actually write what I'm about to say. <laughs> I thought I wrote. What did you think you wrote? I thought I wrote that the, so the, there's, there are songs where there are female vocalists. Yes. And there are songs where there are male vocalists. I don't know if it's the same guy every time. But there's two guys. Okay. Some of them reminded me of like a super dark Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, where he's that just makes kind sense. of like talking over an electronic beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what it made me think of. Yeah. Did you like... Oh, so just broad brushstrokes. Did you like the guys? I preferred the females. Yeah. But I liked I liked the majority of the guys' songs. There was like... I think it's the fourth track is really good. Um, Inertia Creeps? Yes. Yeah. Inertia or, Creeps has a really cool rhythm or, section in it. That's that was like their, their, big, their big hit off that one. Okay. Like, um, when Inertia Creeps start up or starts up, and you got those drums kind of working the toms. Yeah, there's I was so just good. expecting somebody to go, ooh, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I just ooh, had that wah. fucking, I'm like, this is, that was pretty reason. fucking good, dude. Yeah. You like that? I was thinking Tool. He's been practicing I was thinking years. Tool a little bit on that, actually, at the beginning of Inertia I Creeps. love the drums yeah, on same. it. So yeah, same. Yeah. But back to the vocals, I did not really love the male vocals at no, all. That was like right. a thought that I wrote on several songs was, I loved the female vocals. Liz Frazier, Liz Frazier killed it on this. It, it's almost cringy to me. Like a lot of the male vocals, it sounded like they were trying to sound seductive or something. They were like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. It's the kind lyri- of the lyrical poorly. content had that vibe too. Yeah. Like almost yeah. uncomfortable a couple times. Yeah. It's kind of aged poorly, which isn't really their fault, but it just, uh-huh. it reminds me so much of like a nineties, like, but like the shitty part of the nineties that I want to forget about. Uh, Reminded see, me of Bruno, the movie. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. Well, I was going to ask JB if, if do you, do you feel like if, if Liz Fraser wasn't on this album, you would have felt different about the men. I feel like I vocals. just would have liked the album less. You know, I think I would have. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, did it provide enough contrast that I was like, Oh, you know, now that I've listened to her, I don't like those guys. I don't think so. I think I just didn't like them either way. You know? Yeah. That's how I felt I can, about the I can male feel vocalist. The male vocalist didn't yeah, do the it album, for me. The album overall wouldn't have been as good. I think she steals the show for me on this whole album. He yeah. had a he had a line in um, uh, Inertia Creeps. Yeah, that I actually I kind of liked it. It was him describing sex, and he said undernourished egos and four rotating hips, <laughs> which is probably the same thing that you didn't like, like hearing this guy talk yeah. about that. Uh, yeah. But to me, it was funny just the way he deconstructed that. Like I thought it was interesting. undernourished egos. Yeah. I'm not listen. I and and again lyrically, I didn't necessarily have an issue with it. I just didn't like the tonality. Yeah, yeah. it's awkward. I, mm-hmm. It was it was weird, and I don't think it fit with the music very well. It sounded almost like it was comical. Like like it kind of reminded me of uh, Flight of the Concords. <laughs> like those two guys. <laughs> like seriously, like a couple tracks that they did, but worse though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, way worse than those guys. But I loved. I loved the female vocals. Yeah, I was seriously yeah. Like Liz Fraser, fantastic. The, all of the textures that you get between the beats and the synths and everything, and and of course I wrote dark as well. Like we all wrote dark, yeah, but I wrote sinister. Yeah. You know, yep. because that's that's really the jam that I got there. But then you have all of this kind of 
almost like dark black cauldron kind of shit happening with the beats. And then all of a sudden you have this voice that kind of breaks through that. Yeah. And I love that dynamic that where you, yeah, it's, it's literally like a counterweight of all of this fucking heavy, heavy beat and, and production. And then you just get this beautiful angelic type of voice. Yeah. She was really the cool. Top of it. That works for me. The, like, that works for me every single time. Well, that yeah. was closer to Portishead, right? Like that's more of like the Portishead model. Very model. Portishead. But again, like one of the thoughts I had was for like the, the trip hoppier kind of tunes, I'd rather do I'd rather do Portishead. And then for like the dark, there was some almost like borderline industrial shit on this record. Yes. And I was like, I'd rather do Nine Inch Nails. I'd rather do early Nine Inch Nails. That, that mm. Either one of those guys I prefer. And I didn't dislike this. Like I, it was cool. You know, and I'm glad I listened to it. Um, but that, th- that was kind of circles back to the last album. Exactly. Right? It just makes you want to listen to the shit you like that reminds that this reminds you of. I think yep. Angel a little bit. starting off when you mentioned Angel, like the song jams, the the more it progresses, the more it picks up. It's it's really repetitive, which I'm not super like a fan of most times, but just the cadence. And then when the guitar kicks in with the distortion and it, it jams after a while and i wrote down it reminded me of like a wwf entrance song <laughs> <laughs> like once it gets halfway through it's like i can see it i will say they surprised me a few times i was going through and like i've never really gone through and assigned like a uh, rating to the songs but i know you guys have done that before mm-hmm. you know star ratings and stuff yeah. yeah we do that so i was doing that what i was finding was i would do it halfway through a song and then it would start to lose me and I would start to question how much of a rating I was going to give it. And then they would add something in the last like minute or so that was really cool. And my ratings would kind of swing. Like kind of, yeah, they had some really cool stuff that they were doing in there, especially like towards the end of tracks, they would kind of throw away pieces that I thought might sounded like good actual like foundations for a different song or something too. And they were just kind of like afterthoughts to them. Is what yeah. yeah. I well, thought it was pretty, they were pretty like, they're very talented, I think. I think so too. So interesting note with this. Um, I was reading about the production of this album. So there's basically like four DJs that make up Massive Attack. There was one primary guy that was kind of heading all, like putting all these tracks together. And apparently this was like, there was a lot of strife between the four of these guys when they were trying to create this album. And so the one main dude that would sit in there to try to put it all together, like, one of the other guys would come in and he would say, I want to work on this song. And he would sit down and he would start to work on that song until said man got pissed off. And then he would storm out and somebody else would come in and say, I don't want to work on that fucking song. I want to work on this song. And then they would completely switch gears. And I don't wonder if that's not part of what you're talking about, right? Because if you have this like dysfunctional environment where people aren't collaborating as much as you would think that they would collaborate and they're kind of coming and going, that you get a little bit more of almost like a broken up type movement feel to some of these tracks. Like I love this 30 seconds you just put together, but we don't have time or resources to make this into a whole song. Yeah, exactly. Or you get too pissed off at the other guy to want to flush it out. Yeah. So you just say, fuck off. Like you end up with a dark brooding album. (laughs) This this album was way different than the two before it too. Like they yes. had a much brighter sound, much brighter sound on the previous this. ones. This is completely different from yes. what they were doing all the way up. This so was like their last one, right? Before Correct. they kind of started to before they up. broke up. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, I love the idea that this album was, was, you know, kind of like the last big bang before, a, yeah. before a star. Exploded. Well, that, yeah, that kind it, of ties in with Abbey road too, because Abbey road was the last thing the Beatles recorded. 
and the whole back half of that is like fragments of songs that they wove together right like yeah yeah if you can't stand to be in the same room as somebody but they wrote something really cool but they wrote something really cool you can patch it together yeah did the third track sound familiar to anybody uh yeah um or wait which one was that teardrop Teardrop? yeah um that was the only song that i was familiar with off of this album going into it what do you got what's it from but this um, is a theme song from house House yeah. MD. The show. Oh, House really? MD. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I used to watch that too, but I don't remember that. That's weird. Yeah. My fiance, I never really watched that show. My fiance had posted that like on her story or something. It just came up on her shuffle six months ago or something. What? And I'd never even heard of Massive Attack. And she had she had just put up a screenshot of it playing on her on her phone. And so that's when I had gone to check it out. So when you guys sent the albums over, like what we're going to be You're doing, like, oh, I shoot. saw that album cover. I'm like, You're like I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Random. I just um, want to point out that in Sean's notes, he wrote Elizabeth Fraser in all caps multiple times. Yeah, because she, like <laughs> I said, so she stands too. out, man. She's Elizabeth awesome. yeah. Fraser. I did write her a couple of times. Did too, you, yeah. did you, any of you guys see anywhere that reportedly, this is what I read, that was almost Madonna on Teardrop. Weird. They were going to pick really? Madonna for that? They were wow. going, they actually like deferred from Madonna and went with Elizabeth Fraser. They made the right uh, call. Good call. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. It worked out. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. That would have made. It would have made that whole song a different vibe. It would have made the band different. That's right. You know yeah. I mean? It would, it would have, have been distracting have, too. Yeah, of course. It would have overtaken the whole thing that they were going for. Yeah. What do you like? I mean, what do you think about it relative to the list? I think it's fine on the list. I would lower it. I don't feel super strong about it being on the list personally. Wow. Okay. I feel like a lot of albums that up to this point have been solely on the list because of their influence not necessarily the content on the album mm-hmm. i feel like this definitely deserves a place for exactly that just like for the, the way that it influenced for the, other for the influence oh, for the musicians influence. yeah the and content i would i would put it much lower on the list i would keep it there for for the what? no sorry go ahead <laughs> no i was gonna say i'd keep it there for the influence but mu- musically i wouldn't put that high on the list just speaking to that like in terms of, I think this job and this list in some ways did a pretty poor job of representing some genres. Like we've talked about how there are so many, there are so few country albums. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you look into jazz at all, like this, I've looked ahead a bit, this jazz list, like this sucks. This list Criminal, sucks for right? jazz. Yeah. Like some really glaring, horrible omissions. So in that sense, I think that there probably should be more than one trip hop album. Yeah, and assuming is. that Portishead is going to be on there, like I do think there should be more than just Portishead, and this is the second best thing I've ever heard in terms of trip hop. Hmm. So to me, I think it belongs on the list, but I don't think it needs to be very high. I love yeah. the genre, and where there were, I mean, there were plenty of songs that I didn't feel really strongly about on this album. I love, um, I love its representation and where it fits within electronic music. And I I can't fathom that you know at three twenty one we're gonna get a Skrillex or a Pretty Lights or no, a Bass Nectar or something like that. And so certainly not now. No, yeah, not with Bass <laughs> Nectar. Certainly not now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do want you know I do want to see enough electronica on here represented. And I agree with you. And I cheated. Like I know that we're gonna get bored. Because it's funny, like, you know, you guys were talking about how this, if the kinks make you want to listen to the Beatles, this makes you want to listen to Portishead. I listened to Dummy fucking four times on Sunday, (laughs) right? Like, because that's literally one of my favorite albums of all time. And so, and so I like it. I even like the placement. I I don't think that I would argue with this too much. If you wanted to drop it 20, 
that's fine. It's fair. You know, but yeah. I like where it's at, and I really like some of the things that happen on this record. I mean, it wouldn't be hard to name 20 albums that you've already heard that are worse than this album, right? So, Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, Definitely. without a doubt. It's almost, it's almost an album that you have to see the songs through, though, too. You do. I mean, you can't just like give it a quick listen and, and then skip And they're all long, too. They, all they are. Like six, seven minutes. It's kind of tough to give it the attention that it the deserves. The fair shake. But it does pay off. And if there was one that you're going to check out, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I would say go to the self-titled track, Mezzanine. Oh, you like Mezzanine? There's a sample that comes in at like three minutes and 11 seconds. And it fucking It's jumps, so good. Dude. It jumps. Yes, and then yes. as soon as the bass line and shit kicks in with it, it's... It just throws a completely different vibe at you. I so I made the exact same so note. So worth it. That was so worth it. I noted 3.30. Yeah. Like that was one of the songs. Like that that entire section right so there. so dope. It's so good. That was one of the songs I was talking about where I had it at like a three or four. And then as soon as I heard that, I was like, that's a five. Wow. Like yeah. immediately. It, like, yeah. It, wow. It changes your entire outlook on that song. I felt like it did for me anyhow. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Man Next Door was actually a cover. Was it really? Yeah. It was like an old cover. It's like... um. It was a ska reggae song originally. Originally, huh. had that typical old school Jamaican like vibe. Yeah, but at the same time, steel drums, clear cut. At the same time, uh, I kind of liked this song on here more because knowing it's a cover. Who was who was it a cover of? Did you say uh, Elizabeth Fraser? Paragons. 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 Yeah. Paragons. Interesting. Fucking, and then also in the I fucking hated that guy's voice, by the way. Yeah. He was also a reggae artist. I forget his name. I didn't write Horace, it down. Horace um, yeah, Andy. Yeah, okay, Horace yeah. Andy, I said think. said it in the description. Yeah, it said it in the description. But then they also mentioned, yeah, that he was um, singing over breaking breaking snares or breaking drums. Levy busting drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Levy busting. Because when the levy breaks is that sample yes. in the beginning. Oh, that's the sample? Yeah. Son of a bitch. I really did hate your voice, though, Horace. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, not sorry, but I was not a fan of that voice. God damn it, I hated it. So this one to that. me is an interesting one in terms of whether you would want it on vinyl or not. I don't think it necessarily benefits from the vinyl format or anything, so I don't know that you would need that. I don't know that I would get so attached to this album that I would want it on vinyl. Um, I didn't add it to digital. Neither did I. And quite frankly... I d- actually, I did add Rocket to Russia, and I'm with you. I would love to find Rocket to Russia Hell on yeah. vinyl. And I, did, I added that to digital as well. I'm not going to pay $100 for it, but... No. Um, I'd but pay I 50 would, bucks for it, though. I'd pay $20 on a reissue. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, I would buy it. I wouldn't add it to digital, but I'm also glad I listened to it. Like, I'm glad that I got to experience it. This but, one, you mean? Yeah, this yeah. album. Yeah. But I'd, I don't have, feel any great urge to keep listening. Yeah, I hear you. I don't think I would own it on vinyl. I would add it to my digital, though, only because I feel like this album to me was like, if I'm going to go paint or I'm going to do something like constructive, it's a it's, it's just a great a, background, a deep focus album. album. Great background. So I would definitely add it to my digital. Great background. I respect that. I love that, too. Let's talk because um, Rex also had some thoughts on this record if i can get it to pull up okay so rex said with noises sliding out of this album like it's fresh out of the bakery from a sequel to the movie fight club i really like this record (laughs) it's great ambiance music to get shit done around the office we're all saying the same thing it's easy to listen to um and you meld into the and and let it meld you into the music and into your day great album yeah, and, and I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, like, that whole idea of just an ambient approach is yeah. beautiful. Beautiful. There was um, oh shit, I gotta flip back. You grammatic, mm-hmm. like the influence on that. Yeah. Um, exchange. 
Yes. The song on this album, Exchange. Yep. Super grammatic vibe. That was my favorite one. Yeah. That was your favorite song. I didn't mention that before, but yeah, that was my favorite tune. That song was a banger. It had a stand-up bass on it. I know. The stand-up bass was fucking killer, dude. Yeah. It was really good. I Th- made it that was that like too. a much brighter track than the rest of the entire and album. And it was chill. Super it was a chill. total vibe of itself. Yeah. It almost reminded me of, like, it made me think of, not reminded me because it came much later, but made me think of Krongben a little bit. Like, like the vibe mm. on Exchange. Kind of that, that, that comparison. Yeah, that kind of drawn back in the pocket groove. Like, yes. I can see that for sure. Yeah. If you haven't checked out Grammatic, if you like that track, I feel like you would definitely like Grammatic. I'm not super familiar. I know I've heard a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Well, Should we do it? Three eight two. Moving on. Three eight two. It's on to you. Tame Impala. Currents coming up at three eight two from twenty fifteen. Aussie studio whiz Kevin Parker found surprising mainstream success with his band's refined neo psychedelia. Thanks in large part to the danceable ease of songs like the hit Let It Happen, Tame Impala's breakthrough is a modern take on trippy bliss, burying vague imit intimations of displacements and anxiety under pillows of soft neon scents and Parker's Tweeby G's Tweeby G's. That's a confusing thing to try to read <laughs> falsetto after currents. He was getting calls to work with Lady Gaga and Kanye West and Rihanna was covering one of his songs. I'm going to run to the restroom quick while you guys think about that one. <laughs> oh, that Rihanna cover is great by the way. Yes. Uh, um, I, um, I love this record. I love this record a lot. And actually, all I'm doing right now is I'm just kind of jumping back and forth because I never took the time today since you and I talked about Tame Impala to um, to try to figure so out. So I was partially, very, very minutely correct. As how usual. So, how that's so, so exactly? So that's as correct as Sean gets usually. <laughs> 100% of the time. But no, so the first two albums leading up to this, he didn't record absolutely everything. He wrote everything, produced everything, but he wasn't performing absolutely everything. This was the first album that he did everything on his own. Really? But but to be but, f- it, but the amount that was contributed on the first two albums super minimal. It's it's he is responsible for everything. For everything. Yes. Because like right but this now this was the first album like we had talked about and it is totally apparent in the drum tracks specifically for me. Yeah. Like this was when he recorded everything on the album. Well, but check this out. I'm on Lonerism. I'm looking at Lonerism right now. Lonerism, he recorded every single thing with the exception of pianos and keys on two songs, yep. three and nine. And, and then, then drums. A, no. Yeah. No, a spoken word. Mm. Look, I'm, I'm looking at it. <laughs> I Sean's like, God, no, I'm I disagree with you on right, your computer. Yeah, well, yeah, what I read, it was, I forget the guy's name, but he was also, he was the, the, Touring drummer who also performed on Lonerism. Now, you might be thinking of Inner Speaker because Inner Speaker has um, Don Simper did a bass guitar on track nine. He did additional guitar on track 10 mm-hmm. and he did sound effects on track seven. But Jay Watson did drums on track six and nine. Out of everything Kevin does, you think he would have just took the reins on bass? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, like, come why on. would he have like, somebody let's else not do it. shit on bass? I'm not come trying on. to. No, no, no. I'm not shitting on it, but because of the simple fact of currents, there. I mean, it's fucking bass driven, synth and bass. Like he's got, yeah. arguably one of the best bass tones ever, right? Yeah, the and bass it, is it, the tambourine of guitars. <laughs> Jesus, I don't really believe that. Just for the record, I do want to. I do. 
I do want to ask you guys though, because I I know ahead of time you guys love the first two Tame Impala albums. I, w- I would definitely take Lonerism over Currents. Are you so, the same? I love Lonerism the most, and I also love Inner Speaker. I like Inner Speaker more than Currents, but I think Lonerism is the perfect midway point between the two. Agreed. It's sure. It's more out there than Inner Speaker because Inner Speaker is pretty repetitive and just mm-hmm. very guitar driven rock. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's hard for me with Currents because as much as I love it, and I think it's basically a perfect album, like to me it spells the end of the Tame Impala that I loved. Because mm. he's never going back. Like I don't think he's going to go back to what he did before that. Yeah, I w- and I don't know that he would want to. Do you think that those first two albums were more simplistic? Is that a fair statement? Yes and no, I feel like. On both. Because... When you listen to the instrumentation of it, like I feel like there's a lot more happening on those first two albums. I wouldn't necessarily say that I like both of them more so than Currents. I think Lonerism's probably my go-to, and then Currents. Okay. Because, I mean, the less I know, the better. Um, the moment. Mm. Eventually. I love it. Um, the less I know, the better has maybe my one of my favorite bass lines. New Person, time. Same Old Mistakes. New Person, Same Old Mistakes is probably my favorite Tame Impala song. I think I think eventually is my favorite. Yeah, eventually is a banger. Eventually just hits so hard the way that they like resolve the chorus and the way that he just oh man the way that that chorus settles in and the way that those chords just bang into the middle of it it's so grandiose but it's not it's not pompous if that makes sense. It's just really big and it works. In it's this. huge. Well, it's we, like the word I kind of, not to dive in. It's such a monster, in, man. We had, so the, we had the pleasure of being able to see them live at Bonnaroo one year. Dang. And that song definitely Dang. translates live. You can just feel the energy blasting out of the speakers. And you can feel the bass. those peaks. In the middle of your chest, just like, <gasps> so I missed so, good. so I missed the first part here. Which way, which way is the wind blowing here? Is everybody liking Tame So Sean and I prefer Lonerism which is another album of theirs, but we all love it. Yeah. We all love it. Okay. I do. I mean, I love it. Yeah, I do too. Um, I do have to say Shane Parker, who was an applicant. I don't know. Hopefully this won't affect his, uh, hiring, but he did not love this. And he, what did he say? Well, he didn't, he didn't hate it. He didn't hate it or anything, but he just is like considering so many of the snubs. He just couldn't see putting this one on here. He said, you know, this being a record from 2015, he wants to see it in the bottom half at the very highest. Justin, your job is bottom hundred at the very highest. The bottom 100. Your job is safe. Justin. He's only, I mean, he's only 18. He's only 18 away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Is he really that pissed at 382? Well, maybe he was saying bottom 50, but he, he he says, I don't think he wanted it on there, to be clear, but he's saying sure. maybe he would be okay with it. He thinks it needs to be closer to Harry Styles is what he said. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's crazy to me. I say Justin keeps his job. I dig it. You know what? But maybe he could be the assistant or the, the co- that's um, true. Once he learns to love Tame Impala, then he can be promoted. <laughs> yeah. Then you can be upgraded, apparently. Yeah. I disagree. Shane, I think, listen, I like... I like um, contrary opinions, and so, you know... I, so you're hired is what we're saying. Yeah, I mean, basically, but I do want to know why, Yeah. right? Yeah. What, what part of this record... And I get it if it's just, you know, if it's just the... T- if it's the tone, if it's the instrumentation, I could understand all that because this album is so electronica 
relative to his first two records. It's very electronic, and it's also kind of sad boy stuff. Like, and Lonerism was much. I could more see how if you weren't like super weepy and like, oh, this girl doesn't like me and stuff. Like, I could see how. I don't that know. A lot of it's pretty pretty happy though. Don't yeah. You think? Like I feel like past life is 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 pretty uppity i love and past i life. fucking love that one and like a really cool Fuck, lyrical thematic too. idea too like how has nobody thought of that like I, I see a person i recognize them i can't figure out what it is oh it's because they were my lover because they were my life. lover in a past life that's a cool idea God damn it see, those cool are the kind idea. of lyrics for me that i'm like now i like those lyrics and yeah. the way that he did it too right like he put that super heavy effect on his voice where he's like the other girl was sitting inside of my car. And it's like this really intense fucking distorted that voice over the top. It, it kind of sounded like it the has lower to be voice him doing it. It kind of sounded there's like no the, one, the lower a... voice guy from Massive Attack almost. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but now. better. This is yeah, definitely. Thank you. Better. <laughs> um but yeah, <laughs> I fucking better. I love past life. I also loved cuz I'm a man. Cuz I'm a man, woman. Yes. Super cool, dreamy, psychedelic. Um, fuzzy guitar going on. So also, um, not to go off topic from what I just said, but throughout a lot of this, what stuck out to me a bunch was the bass lines. I don't know if anybody mentioned oh that yet before I was there. Not I'm yet. wondering, because he's obviously a multi-instrumentalist. If you guys haven't mentioned this yet, he recorded everything on yeah, the entire album. We talked so, about that. Yeah, we had a small dispute about that yeah. this morning. The less I know, the better I was saying is one of my favorite bass lines. I'm wondering if he's not primarily a bass player or he's if that not. was like his first instrument. It wasn't? Guitar, as far as I'm aware. Interesting, because like the bass lines are just all so great. The bass tone, man. Throughout all of this, the tone yeah. of this, the tone, the is, tone nuts. is in, I agree. unreal. Yeah. I saw, I saw a funny quote from him where there, somebody asked him like, if he gets a lot of, if he meets a lot of girls and groupies on the road, and he said it's mostly just uh, fat guitar nerds who want to know about his pedals. Yep, <laughs> that'd be me. That'd be that'd, me. That's any guitar player ever. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, when you when you mentioned uh, past can, life and I'm a man, or because I'm a man, those were two songs that for me were just eh. Really? Until. Yeah. Yeah, until you actually like do get the lyrics downloaded in your brain, you're like getting the concept. That made up for it for me. Uh, I'll go a step further and say that I still hate that song. That which one? I'm a man. Yeah, you didn't like that. It? It's, oh, so it. it's so cringy to me that I just skip it usually. Oh man, I liked it. This is gonna yeah. sound. I don't know how this is sound, but the fact that like that's the title, it almost like came off misogynistic to a lot of listeners. I think and like yeah, it, I could see that. Critical. Yeah. It was very critical like feedback for him on that song too. But and then also having that title and that chorus. And singing that way. It's like the wimpiest like song ever <laughs> called I'm a man. Is like, that why you skip it? I don't. It's, that's, it's, that's, it's the whole package. It's everything you said. That's kind of what I was alluding to. But, but it's I just mean, like, yeah. It's wow, so, I'm just not with that at all. I like um, it. So what, what I am curious about is when he says that he wouldn't want it on the list and it's too new and everything. Do you know if he's familiar with the rest of the material? I don't think he is because okay. I think this was new to him. So. He should he should definitely listen to Lonerism, and Which I would be the shocked. Or the previous, to yeah, this, this was the follow. up It's to their Lonerism. second album, yeah. I would be shocked if anyone said Lonerism does not belong on the on the list. But I am concerned that this Rolling Stones list is not going to have Lonerism. I think Lonerism is the only other one that I knew. Currents and Lonerism. He he's had like five. He just put a new one out this year, didn't Four he? Four total, I believe. There was right. a new Four. one this year, Four. though, yeah, right? It was. Yeah, yeah it's pretty slow new. Slow rush, slow yep. burn, something like slow that. Slow rush, I think. Slow rush, yeah. Throwing it back to you mentioned you mentioned eventually. Um, did you read any of his like quotes or feedback about that song when like after the album was out and he would do interviews about it? Um 
what made me like eventually more was the quote that he did in an interview. He's like, it's, it's basically written about knowing that you're about to, or you're knowingly going to damage someone irreparably with the only consolation of a distant hope that they'll be all right eventually because you know, they aren't going to be now or soon. Yeah. Cause it's a breakup song. Like it's a super hard breakup song where he's a breakup song, but like being fed up and knowing that you're getting to this point in life and you know, like shit. Yeah. Here comes this shit storm that I'm about to drop. Yeah. Did anybody mention gossip? It could be the standout track of the album. Oh, come on now. (laughs) That was super disorienting. (laughs) (laughs) It just led into less I know the better. I was just fucking around. It's like a 45 minute, 45 second track not yeah, a 45, 45 minute. minutes with it it was 45 minutes of list. panning yeah <laughs> but it was like since that were panning back and forth between left to right and it yeah made you want to pass out almost a lot going yeah on, basically right? the less i know the better like has you just like, huffed a nitrous balloon <laughs> or something in a fish lot which i yeah so i was all for it yeah. <laughs> the less i know the better has some of the like saddest lyrics ever like yeah right? literally right. just like okay i'll just wait for you for as long as i have to but please don't like it's very, very please don't make me wait forever it's very tom petty ish because like i feel like tom petty was the king of having these big bright songs that sound very like uplifting uplifting they're but fun, they're fucking but the lyrics are just sad as fuck yeah <laughs> the smiths did that too the smiths oh, had yeah. like really yeah. happy jangly guitars and then it was just like the most depressing shit in a good way yeah this um you know going back and i apologize because i was in the bathroom but i did hear you guys talking about you know lonerism is that going to appear on this list is it not I would honestly, I don't think so. I think this is the only Tame Impala that we get. I think so and too, and that sucks. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I also view everything that he's done as a progression, right? It's almost like an evolution. And similarly to what, um, I'm trying, what album were we talking about? Were we talking about it was like a fully flushed out, I think it was In Rainbows, right? We were talking about how In Rainbows was. They t- like it was in t- rainbows. Yeah, yeah, they took everything that they were doing in the Benz and Kid A and OK Computer, and it and it came to fruition with in rainbows where they were able to put it all together. That's, That's how you kinda, feel about this one. Yeah, in a in a way, which is weird because the first two albums are guitar driven. They sound like like classic kind of sixties guitar driven rock, and this doesn't sound anything like that in sound. But I view it as an evolution and if you listen to all of his albums in order when you get to this one you almost say well of course that's what he was going to make well yeah i agree with that but i also don't think i don't think all mutations increase fitness so i mean it's possible (laughs) to evolve and just become worse yeah only marginally so in this case only marginally so i love this album i don't want to come across like i hate this album i do too hot take from lee stamper are we fuck currents (laughs) (laughs) so so we're all going to keep it on right Oh, yeah. I would keep it on the list. I own this on vinyl. Do you? It, it was already Same. part of my digital catalog. I love it. I mean, I've listened. I've spun this. I've spun this vinyl multiple times. I added it to digital, and I would love the vinyl on it. I'm down for the list. Honestly, I'd drop it down, though. hate to say it. So your so. team Shane. Just in, in, the spoke of, or in the scope of 500 greatest albums of all time, for me, it's not I can see as it. high as it is now. You know, I can see it being on the, if, if it's fucking 499, if it's 500, it's a great album, you know, yeah. cause it's one of the 500 greatest albums of all time. I would put this 
425 plus is what I said. But so you're definitely going to put this in place of Britney Spears blackout. I would certainly do that. Yeah. But I, I mean, but That's again, fair. I'm cool. I'm happy keeping it. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> How did I not know to expect that? That was amazing. You were just waiting for a Fucking, good opportunity was, there, huh? Just for waiting. everybody not watching on YouTube, that was not a button. <laughs> but I'm going to clip that fucking... I'm going <laughs> to... Ah, there it was. I was hoping that was going to be used at least once. <laughs> I totally want to cut that out of this episode and turn that into a fucking button. I'm going to... Instead I'm of the sad that trombone. Over the harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I would add to what you were saying. Yeah, it did. Cause yeah, kind of had to it. wait until you were talking too. He had yeah. to just interrupt you. With the fucking harmonica. Of course, that's what he had to do. <laughs> All right. So you're going to drop it down. Yep. You're going to replace Britney Spears. Now I'm dropping it one. way further. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. I'd, I'd keep it on the list, but I don't know if I'd put it here. 500 albums. Yeah. 25 or greater sounds fair. I think we're too close to it to know. I think that in 20 years, you're going to say it's obviously. A it, top could that it could be that case. It could be. It could be the case. Top 500 be. album. Especially I kind of like that. Everything. So do you think this, this album could have used more harmonica? <laughs> I think almost any album. <laughs> almost any album, huh? <laughs> All right. Except for Stephen Jenkins' solo harmonica albums. Bottom line. I don't I think he needed a, a second less. one. Bottom line, if you haven't listened to this record, you definitely should. Um, there's a ton to check out, and yeah, you should go check it out. You should listen to every Tame Impala album. Yeah. I will. I, I like this one a lot. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't heard Lonerism or what is it, Inner Speaker, right? Yeah. I haven't heard that one. I've heard Lonerism, but not, n- not that one or not the new one. Yeah. The new one I'm not so hot on, but really? admittedly, I have not spent... I haven't spent, spent any, any time yeah, I haven't so. hardly spent any time with it because as soon as I start listening to it, I think to myself, I should just fucking yeah, listen, to listen to Currents or I should just listen to the Beatles Lonerism or the, or the Beatles, <laughs> the Beatles. That's, that's, if you take away anything from this podcast in general, it's just that the Beatles are better than everything and True. just listen to the Beatles. <laughs> 381. You don't think so, Sean? <laughs> Sean's like, Sean's, Sean's like, fuck like you. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say fuck you, but I wouldn't necessarily say better than everything. Okay, we can't yeah. do this. <laughs> I was I was I, more also, I was using I gotta, hyperbole I there. To, I have to let this be known also. Like I will absolutely fucking love the songs that I like from a band, but the stuff I don't like, fucking get it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so I hear you. You fucking hate Rocky Raccoon, don't you? <laughs> have you heard Jack Johnson cover that? Oh god. A fucking Please snooze stop. fast, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's every Jack Johnson every song. Jack, I knew that was, yeah, that's fair, I suppose. That's like what we put on to go to sleep at night, pretty much. News uh, fast. Banana pancakes. I love oh, that. I love that's actually like one of early on, that was one of the first Beatles songs that I had heard that wasn't just a Wait, banana pancakes. Banana pancakes? Oh, Rocky Raccoon, you assholes. Next album. <laughs> okay, moving on for Sean. All right. All right three, this, is, this is you. The, yeah. One, three, five. Sorry, I, I apologize, dude. I didn't mean to step on your toes there. All right. The last album for tonight, 381. Leanard Skeenard. Pronounced Leonard Skinnard. I don't actually Wait, think how, how is it pronounced. pronounced I know. Okay, so Leonard from Skinner. 1973, Leonard Skinnard's album entitled Pronounced La Nerd Skin Nerd. Southern rock icons, Leonard Skinner, took their name from their high school gym teacher, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Is that the truth? Fuck yeah, you me, didn't know that? Dude, I should have fucking read this first. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You didn't know that. 
Okay. I didn't know that shit either. Wow. I'm going to start over again. Rolling Stone says <laughs> Southern rock icons Leonard Skinner took their name from their high school gym teacher, Leonard Skinner, who tried to make Wait, them. Wait, really? Sorry. <laughs> the best part of this is that Mike was insistent that he had to read it, and now he's reading it and he's regretting everything. Sorry, who, Mike. I'll turn on my mic off. <laughs> who tried to make them cut their hair. Uh, parenthetically, he later became a fan. Skinner lived fast, played hard, and went down in a tragic 1977 plane crash. On their debut, Ronnie Van Sant flexes his wise-ass drawl in Give Me Three Steps, protests racism and things going on, and honors his mama in Simple Man. But the peak is Freebird. Nine minutes of dueling guitars from Alan Collins and Gary Rossington. Now and forever, the ultimate air guitar epic. Hit me. What do you, how do you feel about um, that description and um, give me three steps? <laughs> and give me three steps. <laughs> okay. Just get into it. Let's you alluded just, to it earlier. Let's just get this out into the open. Let me just start before he give does it. Give me three steps is a fucking huge hit. Huge hit off this album. I'm sure that everybody in this room knows the song and they're like, yeah, that song's so fun. I'm not a lyrics guy. Keep in mind that Mike has never had a gun pointed in his face. Before continuing. Yeah. I served in the Marine Corps, but I've never had a gun pointed in my face. Have you ever held one? I've never even held one <laughs> never either. Never even seen a gun. No, the closest <laughs> I've ever got is my, my wiener. Um, <laughs> little 22, eh? Listen. <laughs> Touche. Which is French for touch. So anytime. <laughs> anytime you want. <laughs> so, um, I will say this. I'm... It's not difficult to understand the lyrics on Leonard Skinner. Like, you don't have to read the lyrics, you know, to get them. And every time I heard Give Me Three Steps, I was like, yeah, that's kind of clever, right? He's like, ah, oh, give me three steps, give me three steps for the door because this guy's pissed off because he was trying to, like, hang out with Linda, Lou, and, you know, this guy's mad at him, so he pulls a gun on him. Fuck this song, dude. This song <laughs> fucking blows, man. And, and think about... Okay, so this is my frame of reference here. Leonard Skinner, if you think about Leonard Skinner, when I think of Leonard Skinner fans, it's like all these guys that are like super kind of macho and like, mm, definitely the South will rise again. Uh, yeah, you're right. Shit, you're you right know, in that. For yeah. Leonard Skinner. And so Mike's the, intimidated by that. God bless America. Super intimidated. And so the idea that they're going to like chant and sing along to a song where literally one of the lines is, I ran from the bar screaming. And I ran, like, I was screaming for a mile. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? See, this is the like the biggest chicken shit on the face of the planet. And don't fucking give me this shit because it's because the guy had a fucking gun. Fuck you. <laughs> Take the fucking gun. Yeah, you guns aren't scary. What he should have done is done a, he should have done a spinning. Yeah, guns aren't scary. He should have done a spinning wheel kick and kicked it out of his hand and then gouged his eyes out and then fucking killed the guy with his own gun. Steven Seagal would have. That's certainly what Steven Seagal would have done. Yeah, he would have Steven. Why didn't he just grab the top of the gun and like take it apart? I've seen that shit in movies. We're not all Marines, Mike. Why Fuck. didn't he do what Magneto did in X-Men? Yeah, just take thing. it apart yeah. with his mind. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. God, he's got yellow hair. He's fucking magical. He's like Thor. You Why know, didn't he use his fucking hammer and just smash it? <laughs> Mike, I don't, I'm not going to disagree with you on the lyrics, though. I think they're dumb, too. They are dumb. The yeah. lyrics are absolutely dumb, but that yeah. bass line? Yeah, the, the music of like every the, bass line on this record. All right, yeah. The thing is Super that this story sweet. is something that really happened to him. And I don't think you guys can sit here and invalidate his experience. If he was scared, he was scared, and that's an authentic feeling. He was. 
This guy was a. So, so uh, I'm just, just going to go on a limb here. Just fuck off. <laughs> you can identify with being scared. I'm just assuming. I know. Everybody yeah, I get scared when that. guns are in my face. Oh, do you? Yes, and I Aww. fucking run. <laughs> I don't try to steal mile. the guy's gun because guess what happens if you don't get his gun? He fucking kills you. <laughs> Let Unless he know. doesn't know how to use the gun. Let it be. These known. are all Southerners. You, like, think you don't Lin- know that he might. They don't know. You shit. think yeah. you think Linda Lou's boyfriend doesn't know how to use a gun? I guarantee you that he's the one that maybe. had <laughs> We'll defer to Ricky Oder on this topic. Let it be known to <laughs> to all of Lee Stamper's enemies, his weakness is guns. <laughs> <laughs> Just brandish a firearm, and Lee yeah. Stamper will wet himself. If you shoot him in the face, he goes down every time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you already outed my secret identity. <laughs> now you're telling people how to kill me. <laughs> All right. So, so aside from just three steps, what you, would you think of the album overall? Um, the you, songs, listen, the songs on this album that are great are really, really great. And the songs that aren't great are. Which ones weren't great to you other than give me three steps? Cause I, I don't know. I'm honestly wondering, Where, like maybe you're going to say, Mississippi Kidder Poison Whiskey. Things going which on. Would be maybe the only two like kind of acceptable. Answers. Things going on were or maybe one of them. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Things going on was to me was a super basic bitch song and it makes me really sad because now I just read this description where Mike doesn't care about racial justice. Obviously. Um He's <laughs> digging in deeply. I like it. <laughs> I just thought his singing was boring. Like the vocals were boring, and it was kind of just what like what he was doing in the other songs. And it was kind of just like a basic, like you said, country two steppy kind of. It was the least exciting to either that one or the next song. one. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, lowered, yeah, lowered his register on that, right? Like, is that yeah. what you're saying? It was just not as appealing because it was kind every of every part of that song. Yeah, and like, to your point, like it was just it's basic. just kind of it's a chord progression that comes up in so many. I mean, it's like a. That's probably a ten thousand song chord progression is what's going on yes. there. But I, what I did point. like on that, I did like the piano on that. Uh, to your point, you don't get to make just like an okay song and then be like, no, you have to like it because of how heavy the meaning is. You know, you still have to make a good song. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah. Like, so it's still now, a weak song. Now, all that being said, listen, racial justice does matter to me, and especially being recorded in nineteen seventy three, I'll go back and I'll listen to it again. Because lyrics matter. And when you're talking about, like you were saying, their audience. Yeah. There might not be a better audience for a song for, like that. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Right. Yeah, when you first said that, I was like, for the time this came out, man. Like, yeah. And I, dude, to, for for now, if a I, Southern yeah. rock band came out oh, with a song oh, like that, yeah, it would be controversial sure. with their it fan base. It would be hugely controversial with the fan base. So, so with that being said, I want to go back and I want to look at it through a different lens. But I'm telling you this, I'm not going to change my mind about what's happening musically. Right. No, that's because it's just not, it's just not very exciting. And I felt the same way about Mississippi kid. Mississippi kid can be taken off. The mandolin was cool. It was like two mandolins. Wasn't it doubled up? So I don't think so. Or like, cause I was trying to figure that out. I was like, at first I was like, it's a 12 string guitar. And then I listened closer and I was like, no, it's a mandolin. And then I realized it's a 12, it's a mandolin panned to the right and a 12 string guitar panned to the left. Yeah, I I didn't listen to it too close. Like that's always been like, I'm super familiar with this album for sure. This is like a staple growing up for me. And that song was always the one that I would skip. Just because it was just like down tempo, yeah, or no, or Mississippi, uh, Mississippi, Kid. Kid. yeah. 
it was just down tempo and it wasn't doing what I wanted to get from a Skinner album. You know what I mean? But when you go back to talk about the piano on any song, like I do Peter fucking keys, unsung hero of this band. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. He adds a lot. If you just, I mean, everybody kind of gets that. All right. Leonard Skinner, dude, we got some fucking sweet ass guitar solos and shit. Nah, man. Go back, listen to every song, but pay attention to the piano, to the piano. on everything I, you can do. Even when he's just, even when he's working an organ and he's just playing the backing chords, like it's tight as fuck, and he does everything that he's supposed to do. I'm down. I'm yeah. down with that. And in fact, on the next song, "Poison Whiskey," which again, it wasn't my favorite song, but the fucking Hammond on that, the organ, oh, yeah, holy so good. Fuck, dude, the Hammond That's smashes insane. on that, yep. dude. It's so good, like so really, we, really good. Yeah, I agree. And when he plays that like honky tonk piano too in other songs, mm-hmm. yeah, that boogie it just boogie. drops you straight into that whole vibe. Like you know exactly yeah. what that yes. song is and where mm-hmm. what's, yeah. where it's yeah. going. On, so if on balance, this is a this is a great album. Yeah, because when when Leonard Skinner does stuff that works, it is unbelievable. Simple man's. Well, I was going to say let's talk about let's talk about the ones that do work because yeah. we've talked mainly about the deep cuts here. We haven't talked about the big yeah. ones, and it's kind of it's kind of hard because we did just kind of jump into the fact that he alluded to three steps earlier, and it's like where three the steps, fuck do you start with this album? You know what I mean? Because three steps is a big one, but this album this album has simple man. And this album bird. has Tuesday's gone. And Tuesday's then I'm assuming our discussion will culminate in Freebird. But let's let's first talk about uh, how about Tuesday's Gone. What do you guys Amazing. think about that one? Beautiful. I mean, yeah. even fuck it. It's, it's spectacular. Tuesday's Gone, the second track. Might, does anybody have any notes on I Ain't the One? Like just starting off the first, like start at the beginning. I mean, I put a star next to it. I dug it, dude. I it's a cool track. It's, it's a great yeah, guitar playing, dude. It's so it, it's like the epitome. It sets the of, vibe for the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. it really does. It's it like a for the album. It's like the a twelve bar blues money. tune, yep, and it's absolutely. just like a it's just like a badass southern rock twelve bar blues. I love his vocals on to that kick it first off. Track I love his, I his vocals throughout. He's a yeah. fucking oh phenomenal. Monster. His, thank yeah. you. This yeah. whole album just reeks of Marlboros. <laughs> and I love, reds it. I love it too. Marble reds. reds, dude. Reds. Cowboy. Simple killer. man, though. I mean, monster guitar riff. That's one that, like, I'm a music teacher and I teach that to, like, almost every fucking guitar student. Well, I because have. Simple man's so good, even Shinedown couldn't ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> they but tried, feel, despite their best efforts. Skinner is the band, especially for guitar players. Like, these guys make you want to learn guitar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Big time. And yeah. when you're starting to learn guitar, like, that's a good fucking place to start. The tone. For sure. The, the tone, tone is, is killer, like, yeah. unmistakable. Skinner. Tuesday's gone is a vibe, like, and that's the thing about this album and Skinner alone. Like, it's. I mean, this is a great album to to be on because all a lot of their hits, aside from Sweet Home Alabama, are all right here on this album, and it doesn't get enough credit. I feel like amongst kids my age, anyway, um, for the musicianship, they're just classic songs. They're iconic songs, and people just kind of play them at the bar mindlessly. But, but yeah, you, everything other than Sweet Alabama, you're right. Yeah. I yeah. think Leonard Skinner was almost a victim of their own success. Like, they became sure. so popular, especially Freebird. Like, Freebird became so big that it became almost like a meme. And it's like, no, no, it's not even a meme. It is, it is somewhat of a joke almost. It is like, a joke. It, it is, which is, which is so sad. Game. But that's so what I was, sad. I was going to talk about that because we should talk about Freebird probably. <laughs> Freebird, well, we're kind of, yeah. Hang we're, on. Anecdotally, with Simple Man, that's the song that. The producer of this record, if it were up to him, Simple Man, Simple Man is not on this record. Wow. Weird, which is fucking crazy. So he's wow. a dumbass. Fire him. So literally, the producer when they when they started to cut Simple Man, the producer was like, "This is bullshit. This has no place on this record." The band literally told him, 
go sit in your car. <laughs> no, I'm dead. Yeah, listen real. to Simple Man. Like, we've got, the, we'll take care of this. They were like, go sit in your car. He went out, he sat in his car. The band recorded it, mixed it, and they were like, okay, now you can come back in. And then he produced the rest of the record. He and did he not said, want, okay. he did not want that on the record oh, they at did, all. The, okay, so they did, he had but nothing band, to do with that one. That's right. Yeah. Because the band was like, fuck off, dude. This song is great. We love it. We want it on here. And in my opinion, that's the jam. That's the it that's is. the best song on the record. With Freebird, though, I mean, so we talk about it being a meme, but like, there are a few songs more like culturally iconic than Freebird. Like, try to think of one. Is that deserving, though? Yes, it's an incredible song. Really? Fuck yeah! You've Fuck been, yes. You're it's, being jaded by how many times you've heard it and the fact that it has become a meme. I do want to say the the fucking the the Freebird that has to stop. It's, yeah. it's a please <laughs> stop that like, shit. Like absolutely, it, it lost its excitement so long. I just can't understand like the kind of person that, that and does that. It's days. no good for anybody. Like it's just like I just picture like a guy like with his wife sitting at home. They're eating dinner. They're getting ready to go to a show. He's like mustard on his I'm shirt. I'm gonna do it, honey. I'm, I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna fucking yell Freebird at the show. It. It's gonna be awesome. And she's, she's like, like, oh god. And she's just sitting there like awkwardly laughing because yeah. she doesn't want to get beat she's up. Like again. Trying to agree exactly. Yeah. She doesn't want to get beat up. You're not wrong. Yeah. It's the same guy that wants to yell out at the comedy show. You know. Can yeah. I say this? I listen. I don't dislike Freebird. Freebird is a really great song. I just wish it was seven minutes and forty-two seconds. Don't you? No fucking way, Mike. Come on, man, dare. dude. Nope. That transition to the solo. Oh. Yeah, but, but I love that, that part. That takes place. By the way, hey guys, that takes place at like five fifteen. Every transition in that entire song. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like. I feel like. Yeah. It's. It's it's a jaded thing to say about Skinner because they've been around for so long and everybody knows these songs, but I've said it this morning, dude, I feel like every fucking song on this album is a masterpiece. Like they're so fucking, they're doing exactly what each song needs. There's nothing you can do mm -hmm. to any of these songs aside from Mississippi kid to make them better. I'm not going to die on this hill. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, die on this fair, hill. Fair. Because I'm not going to die on this hill because I like, you're wrong. I could no. be, <laughs> mine could be the unpopular opinion. I don't think I'm the only person on the planet oh, that no. holds the opinion, though. I never that, anticipated that this was going to turn into us ganging up on Mike. <laughs> no. No, I don't. And I don't feel are. like you guys no. are ganging up on me at all because I don't, I'm not categorically disagreeing with you. I'm just saying. I would have edited that song a little bit. That's I really all I'm think saying. though that if you played that exactly. song to somebody who'd never heard it, like somehow you had someone who went their whole life and never heard that song. I, had a, uh, I think the first time you heard that, you would think it was a masterpiece. Yeah, you'd be blown away. I had a high school kid in the barbershop today gearing up Indian Love's Proms tomorrow. And I had a high school kid in my chair and there was one more kid sitting waiting. And neither of them had heard it before. And they got it from front They'd to never back. They'd never heard Freebird before? Never heard Freebird. Like oh Mike, my God. like, didn't you post something saying like kids now talking about the nineties is like kids in the nineties talking, talking about, about the sixties. Right? Yeah. And it's, you've got to put it into perspective for that because and I meet me on a daily basis, man, I've got a constant flow of people coming in and out and in and out. That sounded awful, but <laughs> I, it's only Lee.com later <laughs> tonight, folks. It's easy to forget, you know, your, your age and your place, I guess, amongst like a social structure. And there's so many kids that'll come in and, and music is number one at my barbershop after the haircut. But <laughs> when you guys, if, if you sit down and you tell me you have not heard Freebird, I don't give a shit how old you are. Yeah. What are you talking about? Where's like, I your think, mom? I think she it's just like dropped you off here. Let me 
tell her to come in here so we can have a talking to her. Yeah. <laughs> like I think yeah. if Marcus King had come out with that last month, you would think it was one of the greatest. Like you would think it was a fucking. And it's never been fair. done before. That's super yeah. fair. Dude, fuck. So what about a Marcus Rob King Thomas. cover? Of Rob Thomas could have put that. that song out next month, dude, and stolen the <laughs> fucking airwaves. Easy. Well, we're trying to be realistic here. Rob Thomas. Yeah, buddy. Easy. Yeah. All right, we can't get into that. <laughs> I like Freebird. I like Freebird. I probably. I just. I'm. Yeah. You think the guitar solo is too long, or the yeah. first half is too Whoa. long? No, the guitar solo. The guitars. Yeah, we're ganging up on my. It's not mouth. even so much yeah, about yeah. the guitar for me. It's about the rhythmic changes. Like when they it's stop and they're like, dun, 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 dun. and then you like think that this has to be it, and then they just dive right up. They go right back into it, you know. That was a total tenacious demon right there. We're gonna pick up on that. Honestly, nothing that they're doing in that, like from a from a guitar player standpoint, it's not like it. Like, like I could teach anybody what they're doing there. Like it's not like beauty, but it's 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 not about the specific guitar. It's about it's straight up. It's like a jam. It's like a jam. Let me just let me let me make sure that I understand what you guys are saying. What you're saying is that. It's not that it's complex because it's pretty easy. And that's what, yeah. But it's just pretty the, easy if you're a good it, lead guitar player. The arrangement. Can I fucking finish? <laughs> no. No. Quadcast. Right. Go ahead, sorry, Mike. Mike. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, guys. Well, you go ahead. We love you. I just want to reiterate what you're saying. It's not that it's complex and it's not that it's difficult to teach somebody. It's the fact that they've taken multiple simple things and put them together to yes. make something amazing. I feel like you're luring me into a trap here. I don't like it. <laughs> no, not only did they it's put them trap. together. I'm just only, reiterating what you're saying. Not only okay, did what, they what, put them together. What's the follow-up to that? No, that's what you just said. They put them together yeah, exactly I know. how it's it it should. In the perfect I mean? way. They're just doing pentatonic licks solo-wise. You know what I'm saying? I don't it's think exactly you can play that game because look at like John Frusciante's solos. Half of John Frusciante's solos I could play and I suck at guitar. It's he's, not about that. Oh, if it's perfect for the song, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah you never would have he's thought of He's pretty damn those. good. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of them or written them, but they're not that complex is what I'm saying. Some of it is. Yeah, Prashanti is a terrible example. No, he has some solos that are so basic. I could play you those. But it's not a fe- it doesn't mean that it's Someone not- get a guitar. Like, are you talking about like the guitar <laughs> melody on Californication? Like the lead? Can you play snow? I'm talking about like play soul snow? to squeeze and those solos. I'm just the solos. Dude, even worse example. No. You're the worst example. <laughs> You're the worst example. <laughs> anyway, I don't think that simplicity is something you can necessarily hold against it. Just because it's not hard to play doesn't mean it's not amazing. I didn't. I didn't. But say where were simple. you going with he that? Was the one that said simple. I, I did say it. Where, where, where were you? It sounded like you were trying to make a point. You were leading him into a corner to yeah. ambush him. I don't, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. What fuck are you guys talking about? You're trying are to, you not? I'm trying, trying to trick me. You. No. Okay. I wasn't. Where were you going with it then? You went exactly just clarifying where, where what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just yeah. clarifying that basically what you're saying. But is I think that it felt like a, a trap. No, no. I, listen. What a you nod s- to what we're saying. I think that's, the, trap that's card. why the songs are so good is because of the simplicity. Yes. And and that's listen. That's like and we're not your like opinion, saying, man. <laughs> which is cool. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trying to drive that this. in your head. I'm not saying like you don't and understand I'm, it. But. And I'm totally fine with this. I enjoy Freebird. I would enjoy <laughs> Freebird more if it was seven minutes and 46 seconds long. How That's long is not, that? It's nine minutes and 47 <laughs> seconds. I just want to fucking cut like two minutes off the son of a bitch. Mike gotta, is a, but it's somewhere? okay. We need a sacrilege. <laughs> We just need to have Mike go sit in his car. <laughs> go sit in your car for a little bit, Mike, and we'll, we'll take know, this. We'll take it from here. <laughs> I like it. 
I just, I, I like it. I think this it's is how I felt too. talking about the Radiohead song. <laughs> just so you know, you're, <laughs> listen, so, and you're good because I know exactly where you're at. Now you know, yeah. Yes, I know exactly where you're at with video. So we're all keeping yeah. this, obviously. Yeah, and yeah. Honestly, like I think it's yeah. criminally. I think there's low. a lot of shit that got overlooked through this discussion, but yes, we're keeping. It. Definitely. Yeah, we're trying to do a serious podcast here, guys. So fucking tighten it up a little bit. Okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, dude, these, I didn't. I didn't. These <laughs> fucking guests are totally ruining. God damn it. <laughs> I didn't put out. I didn't put out a I said resume. This is going to be okay, Mike. Be here. <laughs> I know. I trusted these fucks. God we came here to ruin it. I know you did. Okay, so criminally low meaning. I think it needs to move at least a hundred slots up. Honestly, like, how can the record that has Tuesday's Gone, Simple Man, and Freebird be this yeah. low on the list of the greatest albums of all time? Those songs are all cultural icons. Quick question. Yeah. Is this the only Leonard Skinner that we see on this list? No. You got to have Sweet Home Alabama on here, right? Whichever only, record is on that is on. I don't even know what Only it is. because of Peter Keys. The piano solo on Sweet Home Alabama will blow your mind. I bet yeah. there's two dun, dun, more. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, he's right. You think there's two more? Do you I think know that's a very two or do you think there's two I more? think there are. I haven't checked. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea either. I'm assuming that, because isn't it Almost Home? Isn't that the name of the record with Sweet Home Alabama on it? I'll find out. Give me back my bullets is yeah, their with, last one, like I think. The, see, the only thing that could have made this album better was if it had Give Me Back My Bullets on it. And Ballad of Curtis Lowe. So Ballad, Ballad of Curtis so Lowe. Ballad yeah, of Curtis Lowe is that on the same album as Sweet Home Alabama. Yes, yes. So, Sweet Home, like Al- so Sweet Home Alabama is on Second Helping. Second Helping. My bad. Which, uh... So Second Helping... I and what's their last has one? Has to be on this list. That has I don't, that has uh, Ballad of Curtis Lowe. I yeah. honestly don't know any of the other songs on that one. Yeah, so that has to be here. I'm sure somewhere. that that's on there. It's probably pretty fucking high because what it's is, Sweet Home is, Alabama. It's probably uh, one of the most famous songs is ever. Spoon on that album? No. What album's that on? Oh yeah, sorry, that is on there. Yeah. I apologize. Yep, dude, that's fucking banger too, dude. Okay. All right, so, so I, I could see, so I could see definitely more. see more. Don't so ask if, me no questions is on there too. I guess I think I know that one too. Yeah. So if we see more, you still want to move this up? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you want to see multiple Skinner North? I think of regardless, regardless of whatever else is on here, I'll make the argument with the other one when it comes to that. And I'd probably honestly make the argument that this one belongs higher. Yeah. Where at though? Also, Where the, are you the, it? the time between those two albums being recorded, I think, would definitely influence like where they go to. I think. I think this needs to be around 250. Wow. Fuck. That's, that's fair, a big dude. jump, dude. You don't think that's fair? Yeah. I mean, I mean, is it, that it where you're putting it jump. to? It is a big jump. I could you're say putting dude, it at 250. I, think I, I mean, personally in my life, like, dude, Simple Man, and I know I'm not alone in this, but when I was getting into music as a kid, like <clears> 11, <throat> 12, dude, the whole, the my mom had a basket of cassette tapes sitting in the living room. You know, my parents all listened to all kinds of different music. But when I finally started going in there and digging through the basket without asking or even like asking her what she wants me, like what she thinks I should listen to. The first song she sat me down with was this simple man. Yeah. Yeah. And this whole album has that's a great been, song to play to, a especially kid, for us, for a mother son. Yeah. yeah for a yeah. mother son to a like young kid. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's powerful. In Your the mom's a baller. Room, on the living room floor, me, a, a stereo with a cassette player on it and her on the other side of it. That's pretty cool. Just turned up all the way. I do want to make the distinction from my point of view, though. Like, Leonard Skinner is not like one of my favorite bands or anything. I like them, and I like a lot of the songs on this. 
I'm just saying purely from this is one of the greatest albums of all time and needs to be higher, regardless of my personal opinion. And I like a lot of this, but like this is just one of those for me, objectively, this should be high on the list. Just purely objectively. If this album was at 300, I wouldn't be pissed. Yeah. I'm willing to move it up. I put it squarely. And that's the thing. Like, I'd, I'd, like, <laughs> I want everybody to understand that I really, really liked this record. Yeah. I liked it a lot. The things that I'm nitpicking, I'm just that. I shouldn't I'm, have just I'm, thrown you under the bus right when we started. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. Cause that was I'm, awesome. I'm really kind of nitpicking this shit. Well, Although, yeah, there's yeah, a couple should. of tracks on here that are fucking throwaways. Yeah, the yeah, bass. There's not a single bass line on this record that I throw away though, because the bass playing on this record is heroically fun and good. But like I, it's everything that I love about great bass playing. Now, like leading up to this, had you have you paid that much attention to the bass on Leonard Skinner, or have you always like thought of them more as like a guitar-driven band? No, funny enough, I've always thought about the piano. Yeah, because I do yeah. think about the piano in tunes like Peter "Sweet Keys Home Alabama," unreal. Unreal. "Sweet and Home." So, yeah, like I think he when I think about the sound of Leonard Skinner, I think about the way that the piano stands out mm -hmm. in Leonard Skinner, not necessarily the yep. bass playing. And so but it's, this, it's still like ah, it's mixed so well though. Like it, it it's shines beautifully. when it shines when it's supposed to. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it, he'll take the back seat. And he'll just sit there in the pocket and do exactly what he's doing. But his solos to do. are the best. Yeah. Oh, unreal. I'm, I don't think that I'm willing. I, I don't want necessarily want to go 250 and above, but I'm I'm definitely willing to move this up to somewhere in the neighborhood of 300. I'd put it top 200, I think. Top wow. 200. I like it. Yeah. I also That's have ballsy. pretty yeah. personal attachment to this, too. This is one of my dad's favorite bands. So we spent a lot of time listening to them. That's awesome. Okay. Um, for my dad, it was mostly like The Doors and Leonard Skinner were his two. What a and crazy wow. mix right there, wow. dude. That's a weird mix. Like, how and, could you like Leonard Skinner so much and then have another band that sucks? Well, and he told me that one of his... <laughs> <laughs> wow. He so told me that... For the record, we have not seen any doors. That's because they're all in the top 100. Exactly. <laughs> Thank dude, you. I'm just, I'm just ruffling uh, feathers, dude. No, I, I don't feel super strong. He told me if that the, one of if his... If the doors didn't have Jim Morrison in the band, I would love him so much more. Wow. What okay. in the fuck That's did a crazy you just thing say? say? I said it. I said it. I'm here to make... Well, you, can't, you can't lob a hand grenade into the middle of this beautiful table just at the end of a fucking sit podcast. On sit on it. I thought I was an edgelord. You know what? Yes, listen, Lord. But you don't listen. get paid to think, Lee Stamper. Just when I thought <laughs> you we would make dance it... around naked. Just when I thought <laughs> we would make it to the end of a podcast and not say, we have to have this piece of shit back on. <laughs> We now have to have this piece of shit back on. To listen to that point. bullshit? For, for a Doors record? What the fuck? <laughs> Who wants to hear some guy talk about how Jim Morrison sucks? I do. <laughs> I do, so that way we can back him into be... a corner like a little rat, just like you guys did with me with fucking Freebird. That's and true. we'll just needle him to death. <laughs> just... Does he really suck? Does he really suck? <laughs> it's going to be painful, fuckers. Sean. So... Sean would never let him put him in the corner. I don't know if I would agree, I don't know if I would agree to it. We'll also make him, <laughs> we'll make him strip down to his underwear before we start the podcast, too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> only Sean.com? No. <laughs> only Sean.com? Only Sean.com. We're not having offsprings. I think we got two records. Did you read Rex's um, Tame Impala? No, let, let's hit it. Yeah. I got it in front of me. Do, do you have it, too? I do, too. So I'll, I'll read Tame Impala. You read Skinner. Go. All right. Currents, Tame Impala, Rex's thoughts. 
Whoa, I wasn't expecting to hear something like this following massive attack. I don't know what I'm listening to, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> this is the oral version. That's A-U-R-A-L for all those listening. <laughs> uh, version of watching walls educated. melt. Yeah, watching walls melt. That is the only way I can describe it. This is an acoustic ear fuck, and I want to be held afterward. Held oh. afterward. Share a cigarette and told I'm pretty. You're pretty, Rex. You're pretty, you Rex. You are pretty, Rex. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. Okay, so for pronounced, I ain't typing all that. And then he fucking, you butchered the shit out of Leonard Skinner. Right? Yeah, he left a couple of Y's out of there. Yeah. A couple of Y's are missing. Um, has Tuesday's Gone always been seven minutes long, or have I been listening to a radio cut for all these years? You've been listening to a radio cut for all these years. That's exactly what's been happening. There are your yep. fucking answers, Rex. That's also about Sweet Home Alabama, though. That piano solo is cut out of the radio edit. Mm-hmm. That's a criminal thing. And that's what Mike Absolutely. wants to do to Freebird. <laughs> Mike wants to cut out the best two minutes of Freebird. He wants to neuter it and ruin it. If you let's haven't be, figured it out super yet, super clear. Mike produced this album. I don't want a radio edit. I want like a hard edit. So he wants nobody less solo. ever has to hear two minutes of that solo. He's like, like, you know what I hate about Freebird? The solo. Coming from a jam band fan. We mute them. <laughs> You fucking motherfucker. I got to join in on that. Call him like a theme. Call him like a theme. This song is too long. I'm going to go listen to that Ruby Waves again. That's 40 minutes. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. You guys, hey, did did any of you guys ever go back to that, like, album that came out 20 years ago and they had a 45-minute Carini? I really really wish Freebird was nine minutes. Were we just listening to that earlier tonight? Okay. Listen, I'm wrong. Okay? <laughs> Fuck all of you. I'm wrong. I get it. There you go. Um, Rex goes on to say, this album has the hits and some unexpected demos of them, too. It's an instant classic jam band album. Come the... F- Mr. Todd. Um, a beautiful slice of 70 Southern Rock. The last part, yes. The, yeah. Jam band is a stretch. With jam band is a stretch. Except for maybe Freebird. But other than that, jam band is a stretch. Yeah. Almond Brothers are the jam. Almond Brothers are the jam version of Leonard. But Skinner. is that now? Is that because the Almond Brothers did it? They did it first, though. Well, they not did only it did it first, but they did it. Like Skinner didn't jam on anything. But no. they could have, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. They, they like, could they have. Add, yeah. There's no. I don't think there's any argument with the fucking big guns they got coming on these albums in that band. Yeah, you don't think they could? No, they could have fucking if they wanted to. Type two all night. Not as good as the Beatles, though. Fuck. Yeah, fuck. They're not as good as the Beatles. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. All right, so Lee Lee should start sending in his his email every week, like Rex does. I know, like and Rex he should does. be like for each one, not as good as the Beatles, <laughs> not as good as the Beatles, not as good as the Beatles, not as good as the Beatles, and not as good as, the, as, Beatles. Good as the Beatles. Be careful what you wish for. I know, I know. We're reading my emails soon. Okay, oh, uh, so next week we got the next five coming up, and um, not to throw any potential guests under the bus, but. We're definitely going to be bringing on a, like potentially any number of special guests next week because yeah. next week we have this this amazing <clears throat> mix of albums. Um, at number three eighty from nineteen fifty nine, the first thing we're going to talk about is Charles Mingus, the album Mingus uh, Um. Three seventy nine is Rush Moving Pictures, potentially um, potentially with special guest April Leonard because that album is near and dear. I would to her say heart. I would say with. With, with special guest with April special guest yeah. April Leonard near certainty clear your calendar young lady um you're coming back 379 
or no, 378 uh, from 1983. I'm fucking, I'm super jacked on this because I have not spent a lot of time with this record. Nor have I. The self-titled debut from Run DMC. We'll talk about this again, but I did see Run DMC live one time. With what? With with Jam Master Kid Rock. So not. I saw him live with fucking Kid Rock. Mike just found out who Kid Rock was earlier today. That's true. Yeah, (sighs) or yesterday. Okay. Wow, another yeah, yeah, yes. Is this me? Three seventy-seven is yeah, yeah, yes. Fever to tell. And just to be clear, that's the first yeah, yeah, yes, not another. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking of the Go Go's. Yeah, you were. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. (laughs) This might be the best week though. The last album, exactly. So the last album that we're going to talk about with another special guest. He won't be live next week, but we're definitely going to have to phone in um, the one and only. Only Lee.com's um, main, main squeeze, Lee Stamper, <laughs> for the 1998 album from Neutral Milk Hotel in the Aeroplane Over the Sea. That's right. Yeah. That is my favorite album. So, spoiler we will, alert. We will see like, you spoiler there. alert. We Lee's going like to like it. Yeah. We'll see you there. Yeah. Listen. And we might have a special guest, Ben Williams, on next week. That's my father. He's in town. He's sitting behind me right now. You can't see him. Absolutely. He's off camera. Um, as well as the rest of our live pseudo studio audience this has been so much fun the lee, whole family's here i know yeah. lee thank you for coming in sean your first appearance but you're gonna be yeah. back thank you for having me i'll come, you come back time, of course yeah. absolutely. let's absolutely. do it lee yeah. you should lee. have him on for a doors album that would be fire yeah that's that yeah and you guys would be disappointed when i'm like <laughs> i wasn't just fucking with mike <laughs> I, I i would like that conversation though so we should do that yeah yeah you'll be disappointed when you find out i was just fucking with yeah. <laughs> he yeah, actually no, loves love, the doors. Love he loves the doors. He just. I'm just a really Mike. big yeah. Val Kilmer fan. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time. Onlylead.com afterwards. <laughs> this list sucks. This list sucks. This list sucks. This list sucks. <laughs>